Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face episode 200, the landmark episode from Sifted Games at Sifted.net. It is a big deal for us to have episode 200 today. It's not just a landmark episode for Game Face, though. It's also a landmark day for Sifted. So at 1 o'clock, the switch was flipped. Sifted 2.0 is live right now. I can see it. Yep. Um, some of you guys, our stream started a little late today, and you guys got the alert, so some of you guys are already overlooking at it. Um, and I'm going to walk you guys through all of the big changes, all the new functionality, um, the stuff that's there now, the stuff that's going to be coming very shortly. Um, bottom line is Brent did an amazing job on the site. He and I were both burning the midnight oil last night until the last minute to get this stuff done. Uh, somehow we did. Um, and I'm really, really excited to show it to you guys. But before we do that, I actually have a big surprise to share with you guys. Um, we have a new member of the Game Face crew, and his name is Mitch Sikorsky. Mitch, welcome to Game Face. Thanks so much. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, you may recognize Mitch. He is a part of the Sifted community. He's been a part since we first launched uh, he started working on a bunch of podcasts on our, commu our community podcasts on the site, um, and he decided to move out to L.A. And when he did that, he was like, hey, it'd be cool if I could work with you guys when I'm not doing my other, my other gig. And I was like, yep, come on out. So he's actually been here for about a month and a half. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, working on stuff behind the scenes. Um, but he is going to be a permanent part of the crew, both on Game Face and with some of the other content that we're doing. Um, Mitch, why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself? Uh, so I was born and raised in Wisconsin. Uh, spent the last 10 years in Minnesota uh, working with kids and adults with disabilities. And I just decided to fly out here and, you know, try everything out. Um, I, one thing I do want to say is thank you, first off, to both you, Shane, and Matt, uh, you know, I have known of you guys for a long, long time, for since I was in middle school. And so, you know, when you meet the people that you grow up with as heroes and, you know. <laughs> you might you guys, be a little kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, Heroes, I don't know about that. You well, might want to reserve that for people who are in the military. <laughs> well, it's just uh, you look up to – I look up to you guys and to have you not – disappoint in any capacity <laughs> it's just wait till you get to know me a little better mitch <laughs> <laughs> well you also are taller in person a lot better a lot taller than i expected funny <laughs> so anyway that's mitch he is going to be our new tricaster td on game face he's also working on a bunch of other content with us um in fact while you guys are here on the stream we just launched two brand new shows over at sifted.net don't leave to go watch them they're going to be there I'm also going to walk you guys through them and talk about them um, and get you guys up to speed on some of the new content coming to the site. But the first thing I want to do is I want to demo Sifted.net 2.0 and kind of show stuff to you guys. You guys can obviously poke around on your own, but I think watching this, it'll help you guys um, basically speed up your process of learning the new stuff at Sifted. So here we go. Let's take a look at Sifted 2.0, and uh, Mitch, can you bring down that lower third so people can see the site? All right, so there's a lot to go over. I'm going to try to give you guys a crib notes version, some of the stuff you'll discover on your own. Um, but obviously, 
what a change. <laughs> it doesn't even look like the same website anymore. Uh, probably the first thing that you'll notice is that big carousel that used to be at the top of the page that would promote a lot of our original content. It is gone. And it has been replaced with a brand new module. And you can see here, the three here on the left, this is all for our original content. So the last three pieces of original content we, we've published will be here. And then here on this side, this is all hot stuff. This is stuff that you guys are commenting on. These are the hottest pieces of curated content on the site. And I wanted to get that stuff front and center to generate more conversation. And I think another thing, too, is because everyone's SIFT is different on SIFTed, that it's hard to get people all in one place at one time. A story that's important to me will be at the top of my SIFT, but it may be at the very bottom of Matt's SIFT. Um, Especially so we- if it's Call of Duty. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, so we wanted to get some of the hot content front and center to you guys. And for people who honestly who are just trying out the site for the first time, they're like, where is everybody? There are tons of people on Sifted, but a lot of times they're off in different corners of the website. So we wanted to provide these four stories up top to show you what's really happening in the industry and to get you engaged with our community. Uh, so another thing you may notice, and I kind of wish I still had the old site here to show you the old and the new, although I'm sure you remember it well. The way it used to work is after we had our carousel at the top, we had a channel nav in the middle of the page. And basically what it let you do is sift the sift by a number of different topics. So the site still has that, um, but we've created what's now called a search bar. And you can see that across here. And it's not in the middle of the page anymore. It's at the top of the page. Um, So the site works the same. You go... And uh, you set up your SIFT ratings. I mean, that hasn't changed at all. And we like this interface, and we've kept it the same. And all the categories are the same, even after we've, you know, went through it all. We've, we did a really good job, actually, making sure that we future-proof the site with all the categories. So all this stuff is the same. If you, you like your SIFT ratings, you can leave them where they are. The site's going to function exactly as it did before. However, when you're on this page, you can basically filter this page by anything. And one, another thing I want to show you guys is that we now have platform pages for everything. Every specific platform now has its own page. So every Microsoft console has its own page. Every Nintendo console has its own page. Every Sony, uh, PCS, Mac, and Linux underneath it. Every handheld, mobile, VR. We've actually added Oculus Vive, PlayStation VR channels, uh, and then all the retro stuff. All of these now have their own channels. Before... Anything PlayStation-related was just on the Sony channel. So now you can get a lot more granular with that. So anyway, when you're here in the search bar, you can basically start filtering the homepage SIFT by whatever you want. So let's see. Let's go platform, Sony, PlayStation 5. And it'll start sifting through. And I might add, we are now at 87,000 pieces of hand-curated content. So every time that you see me add something to this, it is sorting through 90,000 pieces of content to deliver the result. Um, So you can see we sorted by PlayStation 5. Not a ton of news because it hasn't launched yet. Um, But actually, if you're on Sifted, there is a good bit of news. Um, So you have it on PlayStation 5. Probably a better way to show this is to use a more more common platform that will have a lot of content. Um, So let's just go platform, Sony, PS4. All right, so here's PS4, which used to just be our Sony channel, but now everything's all split up. Um, So once you're on this page for PlayStation 4, and oh, look, there's our brand new show, Sifted HQ, that just launched today. Um, Once you're on this PlayStation 4 page, you can keep adding filters 
to cut down the sift and get more granular and get the actual information that you want. So let's just say PlayStation 4. Um, let's see cultural stories around PlayStation 4. So then it starts sorting all that stuff down by PlayStation 4 and culture. And you can just keep going. Um, so you can remove that. It goes back. Or you can also use this clear button at the end of the search bar here. So you can basically, and you can see the, the verbiage by the, uh, the search bar changes. So when you're on the home page and you're just using your SIFT ratings, it says my SIFT. Once you start building the pages by hand, then that verbiage change, changes to my build. Um, now for the rest of the sorting stuff. Um, from here, you can choose popular or newest, which basically is just chronological. Um, and then we have our time sorting here, days, weekly, and monthly. And then here's the clear button that clears it all out so you can start again. And I'll just click that to show you that it takes you back to my sift. Um, another thing that we've added is search. We've had search all along, but we didn't have a search that would search site-wide. It basically just searched titles and publishers and things like that. Now the search goes site-wide, it searches descriptions, it searches clip title, everything. So it's way better than it was before. Um, and let's just search for Halo Infinite. So before, we didn't even have a search results page. So it's a huge difference that we have a search results page at all. Once you get here, you can sort it again by games. And obviously, if you just want to check out the game page for Halo Infinite, there it is or if you want to check out the content that we have curated so far for Halo Infinite. And then once you're here, you can start doing the same thing that you did before. You can start chopping this down by different parameters to get to what you really want. Um, let's check out some game pages. So let's go to Halo Infinite's game page. <coughs> so we've changed the game pages. Um, they look pretty much the same. There are some slight cosmetic changes that are coming in the near future, but we haven't got to those yet. Um, but we have redone the game pages. Obviously, the channel now that was there before is replaced once again by the search bar. However, we now have all these options underneath. And they are placed in order of your SIF preferences. So for me personally, I like features, I like opinion, trailers, culture, hardware, and previews. Those are the things I like. Yours is going to be different for every game page, depending on your SIF ratings. And again, once you're on this page, you can sort all this stuff by pretty much every channel on the site, by 60 different channels. All right, let's head back to the home page. And I think one thing I want to get, make clear is that the base functionality of Sifted is the, same, is the same. We're still sifting content for you guys. There's just a million different ways to do it than you, than you had before. Um, here's another show that we just launched today that I'll get to called Spoiled. Um, so we launched two brand new shows today. You can see we launched two episodes of Spoiled and one episode of Sifted HQ. Um, so the biggest change for the Sift is that it's three columns. And once we've changed to this, I don't know why we ever did two columns. Uh, as soon as I saw this, I was like, why did we ever do two columns? It, it, it accomplishes so much. So all along, we've had this color coding on the site that people probably never noticed because you could only see two pieces of content at any given time on your screen. Now that you can actually see several modules at once, content modules at once, you can start to see the color coding. See all the orange for trailers. Uh, reviews are red. Industry is deep red. Gameplay is, is like a fuchsia. Um, previews are blue. You can really start to see the color coding. The other thing I like about the three columns is everything is staggered now. It's not kind of this 
very rigid grid-type structure to the website anymore. Um, and the other part of it, too, is that you can just scan much more quickly to see if there's content that you actually care about. And it's just a better experience overall for our users. And that's probably the biggest thing that we wanted to do when we redesigned Sifted for Sifted 2.0 is to take out a lot of the, the stumbling blocks that people were having and take a lot of the requests, honestly, that people were giving us and try to incorporate as many as we could. Um, let's see. Platform pages work very much like... Um, and you can also reach every channel up here as well, by the way, in the header. And platform pages still work pretty much like they did before, or like the, uh, the other pages we were showing you. So we'll go to the PlayStation 4 page. And once you get here, you can basically just start sorting. You can even, here's the other thing that's really cool, is that the search, when you go away from the home page, the search works on a page-by-page -page basis. So right now we're on the PlayStation 4 page. If we use this search feature up here, it's only going to search PlayStation 4 content and return PlayStation 4 results. Um, so the search has also been set up to go on a page-by-page, publication-by-publication uh, basis. Again, just better functionality for everyone. Um, let's see, some smaller stuff that we've added. The avatar drop-down. We, uh, we didn't really redesign it, but we did a little bit so that it would fit in the header. And obviously those bumps that we had in our header are now gone, uh, and it's just straight across. Um, but we basically the links that we have included in the drop-down are the stuff that you guys have been using the most. And previously there were some things in there that maybe you never touched. Uh, so we made sure that we moved everything that was really, really important into this. Um, and I don't have any messages right now, but if I did have messages, that would also be here because obviously that's one of the more important uh, one of the more important features you want from that dropdown. Here's something else that we've added for the site. There are four different background colors now. Um, you can choose white, and I'll just show you guys these all really quickly. You can choose a light gray. You can choose a dark gray, and this is what I tend to use, and this is also what the site defaults to now. So if you don't like it, you're going to have to go over here under your avatar and change it. And then there's black. And this is actually what we've been developing the site on all along. I think it was good because it made us look at the various elements of the site to make sure that the coloring was right and accurate so you could still read it. Um, and this is what Brent, the site architect, chooses to use as well. So I do want to push a vote towards using the black version of Sifted if you want. Um, another, another small tweak that's probably important to a lot of people is that we just added date stamps to the modules. <laughs> I don't know why we didn't do it initially. It's one of those things where in hindsight you're like, that was kind of dumb to not do that. Um, but now they're there. Uh, we still do have like the date breaks in the SIFT. And there are some pages where they are taken away because they don't make sense. But for most of the big pages where there's a lot of uh, content, curated content going into them, there are still day breaks. But it's very handy to be able to see when we curated something um, as far as just using the site overall. Um, so that's the big functionality that launched today. That's top-line stuff. Um, and as you guys start digging around you'll start seeing a lot of other stuff that uh, I'm not going to talk about here and, and sort of drag this on for like an hour or whatever. Um, we have a bunch of other content coming as well. And Mitch, you can go back to the camera now. Um, we have a bunch of other stuff coming as well uh, in the near future. I'm just going to run through it very quickly just so you know what's coming. I'm not going to promise the dates for this stuff. Brent and I have basically killed ourselves getting this stuff done. 
Um, so I think both of us probably want to take a day or two to take a breath. I'm basically on my last rope right now because I have not slept for a really long time. Um, but here's some stuff that's coming in the very near future. Um, Game eval scores are going to default to my score. So right now, if you read one of our Game evals, the score that you're seeing at the bottom is the average of the, compo- the score- component scores that we've given to that particular game. Uh, you're going to see your personalized review score there going forward. Um, it just makes sense. That's the whole purpose of Game Evals and the system that we set up. We used to have you guys going to the game page to see your personalized score. Instead, you're going to have to go to the game page to see the average score. Your personalized score will be what is displayed by default. Um, I'll get to content in a second, um, but we are going to start doing a lot more audio-based content. In fact, one of the shows that we just launched today, Spoiled, is audio only. There's a thumbnail, and there's a video version there, but it's audio only. Um, And we're going to be doing some new stuff. We have a couple other things that we're working on for audio only. And so we're going to be launching a brand new podcast feed called Sifted Radio. Um, There will be new stuff in there. There will be spoiled in there. Anything that we decide to do this audio only will be going in there. Um, And it just opens up a whole avenue for us to create content for you guys um, that's easier, lower-hanging fruit. I see some Patreons that are all just just all audio podcasts. Mm -hmm. Um, So people are far more accepting of it, and it's something that we've kind of missed and something I want to bring into the fold for Sifted. Uh, There will be a stream alert in the header of Sifted. Uh, I think that one will probably be be here for next week's Game Face. Um, So it'll let you know if we're streaming live. Uh, It'll be a little thing probably on the right-hand side, like a little antenna or whatever that'll light up to let you know that we're streaming live. Uh, that we don't have to worry about going and checking out like the big massive carousel to know if we're live or not. Um, there's going to be a promotional slot in the header where we can promote stuff like we're launching Sifted 2.0 today. Um, once we get that up there, we will have an about article for Sifted 2.0 explaining all the changes, and that will be up in there. Um, there are going to be ads for basic users. Um, we have fought this for literally five years. We have operated five years ad-free Um, but there's just no rationale for us anymore to not run ads for people who aren't willing to help us out. So uh, we are going to be running ads on Sifted going forward for basic users, people who aren't patrons or who are not subscribers. Um, The ads are not going to be obtrusive. What we're basically looking at doing is replacing a content module with an ad like once every 15 or 20 modules. So it's not going to be – there's not going to be pop-ups. There's not going to be eye blasters. There's not going to be screen takeovers or any of that stuff. We're basically just going to replace some of the content modules with, with ad placements. Um, we, we need revenue. Um, and I'm sorry if this angers anybody, but it, it's just worked out to the point where we just we need every revenue stream we can get. And, um, and if people aren't willing to at least chip in a dollar, and look, if you're even a patron at a dollar a month, you will get it ad-free. Uh, but if people aren't willing to chip in a dollar a month for an ad-free experience, then they can watch some freaking ads, and that's what's <laughs> going to happen. So, um, Let's see. Forums are getting traditional pagination. Um, right now, we have it's, it's kind of a cool feature in our forums. Uh, it's a futuristic kind of navigation for forums, and it was kind of bleeding edge when we launched them. But in all honesty, they just haven't worked the way I hoped that they would. They're a little janky. Uh, so we're just going to traditional pagination in our forums. Um, we haven't decided yet on how many posts will be displayed before the page flips. If you have any ideas on that, let us know. I'm leaning towards like 100, uh, but we'll see how that works out. Um, more intuitive block and follow functionality for publications and games. Uh, right now, you can block a publication, you can follow a game, you can, you know, things like that are on the pages, but they're not very obvious and they're kind of hard to see. 
Uh, so we're working on the interface for that to make it more intuitive and more obvious. Um, landing pages. Uh, we have landing pages. Actually, you can go back to the site now, Mitch. We have landing pages for all our shows. Look at this. Gameface has its own page. And that's all that's there is just Gameface. Uh, we have one for Pactor Factor. We have one for every show that we do. And this is something people have requested for a really, really long time. Um, and even for our brand new shows that we just launched, Spoiled, there's the two episodes of that. Sifted HQ, there's the one episode of that, season one, episode one. Um, this is a feature that people have been asking for for a long time. The other thing, too, is that the Gamey Vows page, when it goes live, we will um, – what's live now, but eventually it's going to have sorting options. So you'll be able to sort it by score, um, by platform, and a few other parameters. Right now we just have the landing page for them. We don't have this, the sorting in there yet, but that stuff is coming. And then if you want to go to our old school content page that shows everything, you can just click the very bottom link here, and it'll take you to our old collection of everything if that's what you prefer to use and if that's what you've been using all this time. Just looking at the site, though, the three, the three columns just makes a world of difference. It makes it look like a completely different site. So let's see. What else do we have? A couple smaller tweaks. Um, we're going to create a page for all your followed games. We realize right now you guys are following games, and then you're getting that stuff in your sift, but you can't really go back and manage them. You have to go back to the game page and then unclick follow. Um, we're going to have a landing page for all the games that you follow, so you can just go there and just unfollow them if you want to instead of having to physically go back to the game page to follow it. Um, uh, the new content notification, for those of you guys who use like a raw feed and don't sift it, it's just the chronological feed. If you leave the homepage and come back, and some people may not even know that this happens because they just use a sift, but if you don't and you see the raw feed, when you come back, there's an alert that tells you that there's new content. Uh, there has been some snafus with how that, that's worked in the past. We're fixing that, and I know some people have mentioned that in the past. I brought up the game page cosmetic tweaks that are coming. I'm not going to spoil that. I'll let you know whenever those go live. Um, and then the last tweak that we're making is the ability to get back to a notifications page after you've checked them. Because the way it's set up right now is once you've checked your notifications and you don't have any more, it's hard to get back to that page. So lots of quality of life updates, um, complete overhaul of the site's functionality, I think a complete overhaul of the site's look. Um, I am very, very happy with Sifted 2.0. It has been a nightmare. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> It has been awful getting this done because I have to do all this stuff while still keeping people happy with content. So it's just it's been awful, but it's worth it. Now that it's here and it's live, to me, it's absolutely worth it. So I'm really excited about it. I hope you guys are too. We're going to start putting marketing money behind the site. Um, and so if you see our ads and stuff like that out there, it would be awesome if you could like them or whatever. We're going to be advertising on social media, Facebook, Twitter, all those places, uh, trying to drive people to Sifted. Um, I, I can very, I very comfortably will declare right now that Sifted is the most advanced gaming website in the world, and I will take a challenge from anybody who says that it's not. Um, come at us, Polygon. Seriously, anybody, come at us. I want to see what it. you got, Gilbert. Because I, <laughs> I want to. If look, if someone really thinks they have a better gaming website than this one, <laughs> I want to see it. I want to use right. it. So we'll see. But I am very happy with this. In a lot of ways, I wish this is what the site was when we launched. I think things would be very, very different right now if that were the case. But when you're working with a limited budget, um, you make sacrifices along the way. And we had to launch the site eventually. Um, but I'm glad that we finally got to this place. I am 
Over the moon, over Sifted 2.0. Again, I want to thank Brent. He and I both basically pulled all-nighters last night, getting all this stuff ready. I was getting the show's stuff done. He was getting the site stuff done. We were texting back and forth, emailing until really late at night. And I just want to thank him for going the extra mile to get this stuff set up and ready to go for today. Um, any comments, Matt, on what you're seeing? Uh, looks really nice. Um, what I, color? I, I haven't actually seen any of this before. To be no clear. one has. Um, yeah. Uh, I would probably go gray. Uh, black is a little dark. Light gray or the dark gray? The dark gray. Yeah. That's that's what I use, actually. Um, um, it's just a little, it's a little, you know, I think, it, I think it looks good behind the white text a little better. Yep. It's, uh, all, it's all up to preference. A little less contrast for the old eyes. Yeah, some people hate white. Some people love white. I like the uh, the changes to all the different platform things and, and just adding the, the uh, ability to change content from the game page. Like, I've wanted a lot of those things just when I was going through content trying to, for like game of the year shows, like trying to like remember yep. what came out or remember what, what this was or what was that. The date. I never even thought about the date being on there before, but yeah, why isn't that there? Like that, <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. What the hell? It never was. Yeah. I, uh, I, the one ups are gone. No, they're there. there? So you're just looking are at the, you're looking in, at the top module right now. So you have to go in. Oh, there they are. But you know what? You just basically you just helped us because Brent and I were waffling on how big of a space we needed in between the top module and the sift to make mm. sure people understood where the sift started. And it looks like we need more space. Yeah, I'd say a little more space. Yeah, because I think what your your eyes are doing is that it's all bleeding together for yep. you. And again, like in the comments of this show, let us have it. Like if you find bugs, if you have a feature that you don't think works the way it should, or if you just don't like something that we did, let us know. If you like it, please let us know. People don't share positive vibes on the internet enough. So it would be great if you actually like everything that we've done, if you could congratulate us on all the hard work, especially Brent, who has really been grinding for like the last week and a half to get all this stuff done. Um, All right, let's talk a little bit about content. Um, Obviously, you've seen two new shows at launch today, uh, Spoiled and Sifted HQ. Um, The the tenets that we're kind of going with for our, our content going forward, there's two things. More audio-based content and more cultural-based content. Um, so obviously spoiled as an audio-only thing, but also one of the episodes are for a TV show and a movie. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to expand what we're covering on Sifted into entertainment, basically TV and films for the most part. Sifted HQ, which is the other show that we launched today, it's a variety show, and it's it's going to be different every single time. There are a few segments in there. They're going to be recurring and will show up in most episodes. But we have a floating collection of like 10 different segments that will swap in and out as needed for each episode. Um, but there is also uh, cultural-related content in Sifted HQ. So we'll go through like the album releases for the week, uh, the new shows that are coming out on, in, on Netflix or on TV for the week, new films that are coming out that week. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're broadening our horizons to cover more than just games. But... Don't think that we're slipping on the games because we have plans for that stuff too. The first thing I want to share that may upset some people, it may make some people really, really happy, is that Game Face is changing. And don't use this episode as an example of that because we had a bunch of other stuff that was supposed to happen today that didn't. Um, and when it didn't, I was glad that I had prepared contingency plans so we could still do the show for you guys. So I think next week you're going to see a drastic change in the show. But the one thing I do want to share with you right now about what's happening is that Game Face is going to become shorter. Um, 
It's currently three to three and a half hours long. And I know a lot of people are like, what? No, that's, we get all that content. Wait a second. So Game Face proper is going to be shorter. It's going to be an hour to an hour and a half long every week. And it's just, it's just more easily digestible for the average person. I know some of you guys like our really long conversations about games, and that's not going away. So what we're going to do is we're going to keep things tight in Game Face. Think Invisible Walls. We did Invisible Walls for like five years, and the show was never over an hour and a half long, and people loved it. So the show is going to be tighter. Matt and I are going to have to be a little better prepared to talk about each game inside Game Face itself, but we're also still recording those really deep conversations that Matt and I have about specific games. They're just going to be broken out separately as a brand new show called Deep Dive. Um, and Deep Dive is going to be so much better than what you're used to getting from Game Face. One, because Game Face is 720p. Um, deep Dives are going to be 1080p uh, with really high-quality footage. Uh, the footage is going to be cut more closely to the conversation. The B-roll isn't going to be kind of a general chunk that's just rolling over the conversation. We're actually going to cut to the conversation. We're taking what a lot of people think is the best part of Game Face, and we're pumping it up with steroids, basically, and we're going to make it better. So don't look at it like, oh, I used to get Game Face for three hours a week. Now I'm getting it for an hour and a half. Look at it like you're still getting the three hours, except the other hour and a half is way better than it used to be. And there might be a slight delay uh, between Game Face ending and then the deep dive for that particular game going up, but it shouldn't be more than like a day. Um, again, Game Face is our vehicle to, I believe, to success. Um, on YouTube, Pactor Factor does better, but everywhere else, Game Face destroys Pactor Factor. And I don't know what the YouTube people's problem is for whatever reason. They like Pactor better. That's fine. Most um, people on YouTube just go to yell. Probably. Pac I mean, Pactor makes them angrier. That's yeah, you're probably right. That's why it's more popular. You're, you're, you, you, may, you may be right. So, um, so don't don't fret. If you're used to Game Face being three and a half hours, this episode may end up being three hours. By the way, the last one mm -hmm. in this format, it may end up being a little longer. But don't fret because there's better stuff coming. Trust me, it's going to be much, much better. And Game Face is going to be is going to have an appeal to a much wider audience of people. Our segments are going to be tighter. Our evaluations of games are going to be tighter. Um, it's going to be just a tidier package overall. So hope you guys are happy with that. Um, but that's not the only changes coming to existing content. We were just talking about Pactor Factor, and Pactor Factor is also changing. So tomorrow will be the last episode of Pactor Factor as you know it. Um, and it'll go up tomorrow, probably mid-afternoon. After that, Pactor Factor is going daily. Um, there will be one topic per episode going forward. Um, and some episodes are only going to be five or six minutes long. Some of them are going to be 15 or 20, depending on whatever uh, strikes Pax fancy. But again, it's just a more easily digestible way to get our content out there. And don't forget Whiskey Wednesday. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically we're going to publish four episodes of Pactor Factor a week, one per day. Uh, we haven't decided whether we're going to take Monday off or Friday off. But you're going to get four pieces of Pactor Factor content per week. So it's just going to keep churning on through the machine. Now, look, nothing has changed as far as how we handle things on YouTube. There's still going to be the same week-long delay from when an episode of Pactor Factor goes on either our site or our Twitch channel where people can watch it with Twitch Prime and when it goes on YouTube. There's going to be a week delay. That delay, the same delay we've been having with Game Face is going to stay the same. We started putting up a couple promotional clips from Game Face on YouTube a little earlier uh, a couple weeks ago, 
Um, but other than that, the, the, the huge chunk of the show is still going to have a huge delay before it ever makes it uh, over to YouTube. And we'll start running Sifted HQ and some of our other new content through YouTube as well. We'll see if that crowd likes that stuff. Maybe they will like like a spoiler cast. And the other thing I should say about Spoiled is it's not just for TV shows and movies. Like when we finish a great mm-hmm. game, we're going to record a spoiler cast for the game. Um, you didn't rise the Skywalker without me, huh? No, you weren't. You, you were indisposed, unfortunately. Yeah. You're going to hate this episode, by the way. <laughs> Next time I see you, you're going to let me have it. I guarantee it. <laughs> Why? Did you like it? I do like it, yeah. Oh, boy. Well, Mitch kind of takes your, your fight for you in mm-hmm. that one. But anyway, um, so we'll be doing games and other stuff in that as well. It's not just for TV shows and movies. It's a spoiler cast. And so anything that can have spoilers, we're going to tackle it in Spoiled. Um, let's see. Is there anything else I have for you guys um, before we move Reminder on. Reminder to toss a coin to your sifter. <laughs> that would be nice, yeah. Yeah, if you want to help us out, all this work we've been doing, head on over to patreon.com slash sifted, and please, please pledge. We would really appreciate it. I think you should uh, also, like, record the extra s- scenes with Pactor, like, talking about scotch forever, and just put them together as a separate show called Sloshed. <laughs> with no E. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, actually. You just, put a, you just take the spoiled logo but put a bottle in the eye. I think he would be far more excited, actually, <laughs> if he did a show about scotch well, than if, if he doing, did one about video games. If you're doing culture. That's just kind of where he's at at this yeah, point. I, I, at this point. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it may have been that way for a little while now. Um, so, I know why he has the boat. <laughs> yeah. Drink in peace. That's right. Uh, so that's it. That's Sifted 2.0. It's a lot to digest. I totally get it. Um, I haven't been able to look at like the comments here on Twitch to see how you guys are feeling about it. Um, but like I said, once this show is archived on the site, uh, please share all your feedback, good or bad, on Sifted 2.0 down in the comments. Um, we'll probably set up a thread in the forums where you guys can report bugs if you come across any. Uh, I've been checking it pretty hard, and um, I, I think... We're pretty good. Everything seems pretty stable. Also, the mobile version has all this new functionality that I've talked about, and it works great. I was bumping around on that all night last night, waiting for stuff to render and things like that. Um, Yeah. So I hope you guys like it. We've killed ourselves on this. (laughs) It took a lot to get this done, especially for today. Um, And I'm sure you guys saw the new open for Game Face, um, the new graphics for Game Face. We have a new clothes for Game Face. Um, Sorry for the first run. It was Mm. a little... uh, Right, we were having some technical issues, if you couldn't tell at the beginning of the show, but we're good to go now. So, oh, they heard. <laughs> you didn't get that mic down that fast. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, somebody brought up a, a something. Johnny Hurricane brought up something in uh, the chat. He says that it was good to get all this out of the way before March, and that was the plan all along. Like we had looked at the calendar, we saw January and February were basically dead, and I was like, man, that's when we got to go mm-hmm. get it. It also worked out perfectly because Mitch came here about a month and a half ago, and I was able to start training him and kind of getting him up to speed on what, we, what we're doing. Um, and so by the time we, the show, the, everything was going to launch, we were able to do Sifted HQ, and he did a great job on that. So all the timing has worked out. And I do see some comments in the chat. People are, oh, we're not getting as much content. You are going to get way more content than you have ever got from Sifted. Like double fold is my guess when it's all said and done. I'm not kidding I'm not exaggerating. Even if you just wanted to add it up in minutes. Um, but the, the time is going to be more. The quality is going to be higher. Um, I wish we could have launched Game Face today the way we wanted to. And I'm not going to spoil it. But we have, some again, some technical issues that we have to work through to get it to work the way we want. Uh, so we're still back here. These are actually our old graphics still. Game Face is going to look completely different next week, provided we can get everything ironed out. Um, but you did get to see the new intro. 
you, you will get to see the new outro when that runs. Um, but there's still much more to come uh, for Game Face as far as changes are concerned. So, again, let us know. Any, any feedback that you have about the site or the new content changes, we are all ears and we are open to criticism or praise, if that's what you want to give us, which seems very rare on the internet in 2020, but we'll take it. All right, let's move on with the show proper. Uh, we're going to talk first about Xbox Series X. Um, the cat jumped out of the bag this week, Matt, mm-hmm. with Xbox Series X. At this point, the only thing we don't know is its price and its final release date. Yep. Everything else was pretty much pretty much laid out. Laid out. Um, Didn't even wait for GDC. We don't even. Yeah, care. yeah. So, what do you think was the biggest piece in other than the specs? Because they mm-hmm. they right. they put out the specs. The specs actually ended up being accurate to all the leaks. Mm-hmm. So if if you know what the specs were, they ended up being right. Basically, yeah. what was floating out there. I mean, for me, the biggest thing is was uh, CD Projekt Red confirming that if you own Cyberpunk on Xbox One X you will not have to pay to have it on Series X. Like, you automatically already own the best version, which kind of confirms what I expected them I expected them to do. I don't know if Sony will do the same thing. But, like, basically, your game in your library will adjust itself to whatever console, whatever system you're playing it on. Yep. Just like it does on PC. Yeah. You know, like, it, it's... If you, if you have these games, at least certainly the majority... Like, if CD Projekt isn't charging for it, no granted, one's going to charge. Granted, they've been very generous in the past about things yeah. like that. But it, but it, they could. They, they could. could. Absolutely. Absolutely they could, yeah. And they're not. So I, I think that means that, that's, they're gonna, that Microsoft's going to try to make this universal thing. So uh, that's really good news, I think. Yeah. Uh, because it, 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 it further confirms that one of the watchwords of, of this gen- new generation is going to be taking your stuff forward with you. Yeah. What was the term that they had for that? There was a term that Microsoft uses for it. I forget what the buzzword was, but yeah, there's it. But and you're right. So it goes all the way back to the original Xbox, yeah. which is pretty freaking crazy. Um, I mean, it's in line with what they've sort of been working towards on the on the one. Um, certainly, they they have really impressive uh, uh, backwards compatibility with with original Xbox stuff. Uh, they did stop doing that last year, where they're like, "This is the last update," because I figured they were going to start focusing on the next system uh i really wonder if for the next system you'll be able to just put any xbox game that you own disc wise into the thing and it'll just work oh it's called smart delivery smart delivery yeah that's 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 what it's called um just figure out what you what you're playing on the best way to to display it the precedent being set by cd project red with cyberpunk is so freaking important that it's that game coming out and saying like oh you don't need because people are like oh i don't know if i can wait i don't i'll just wait to buy it Two months later, it's like well, they're like, no, you don't have. There's no reason to. It gives pu- no publisher an excuse now. Yeah. Any publisher that tries to charge you for that crap is going to hear it because yeah. the CD Project Some, somewhere Activision is like shit. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's why it's so important that that is the developer and that is the mm-hmm. game that this was announced for. The biggest Be- game of 2020 came yep. out and said we are not going to double charge you for this. Yep. And that means that nobody else can do it, or if they do, they're going to catch hell for it yep. as as they should. Um. So 12 teraflops. Custom RDNA 2, uh, a Zen 2 processor, variable, variable rate shading, hardware accelerated DirectX, ray tracing, all pretty much what we knew already. Yep. But it's it a is ni- a... It's a nice piece of hardware. It is a beast. Yep. An absolute beast. It's a I, lot for 500 bucks. I'm, if that's what it is. I, I will bet you... <laughs> that it is or isn't 500. Is. You mean... You think... I'm thinking it may be higher is what I'm saying. I know, but I think you're wrong. Okay. You think I, it's going to come in at I five? Think, I think they're going to price it 
competitive with PS5, which I think has to be 500. Yeah. Um, I am so confident that Xbox will price match this thing that if it is more than 500, I will pay the difference for yours. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> I am I am very sure that PS5 is going to come in at 500, and that Xbox is going to match them because they they already tried to price higher last time and it didn't work it's, out too well. Sure now, didn't. granted. A higher price on this one, you're getting something better than a useless camera you're never going to use after a year. But, like, I just think you have to have parity. And um, Sony's never going to sell anything for $599 US again, so we're at $500. Also, the the rumored cost of manufacturing a PS5 lines up with a $500 price point. It does. I mean, they'll they'll lose a little money on every one. Xbox Series X is costing a little bit more to manufacture, but I think Microsoft will take the hit to, to... it can afford to take the hit more yeah. than Sony can. Let's just be honest. Yeah. I mean, corporately, one is doing very well and one is struggling in a lot of its areas of business. Uh, another thing, dedicated audio hardware acceleration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like – we don't know much about that yet. They're going to talk about mm-hmm. it at GDC. But I like that they are spending some resources and paying some attention to game it's audio. audio. Yeah. It's nice to see. And I think the stuff that they've already done with, like, the Dolby stuff on Xbox One X yeah. – is amazing. So everything on my Xbox sounds great. It really does, it, man. It's very impressive. Uh, full, all the full surround stuff is very good. Even most of the apps and just plain Blu-rays on it. Like the the visual playback isn't the best. Like you know, I, I, a dedicated player is a little better usually if you're getting a high-end one. But like audio, like Xbox, Xbox does a really good job, and it's gotten better since launch. They've yep. done a good job with it. Yep. Uh, another thing, Xbox Game Pass is not changing. Mm-hmm. It is going to still all first-party stuff, day and date on Xbox Game Pass, all the way through the Xbox Series X generation. It's an expensive bet. Yep. <laughs> it really is. Uh, but, th- I mean, this just seems to be the crux of what Microsoft is doing now. It's more concerned about its services, and probably rightfully so. I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard to count on hardware. I mean, Apple's dealing with it right now. Yep. I think the, the keyword for the new generation, at least in the beginning, is ecosystem. Yeah. Like, they just want you in their world. They don't care how you get there. The best part about that backwards compatibility we were talking about is there, it requires no extra work from developers. Yeah, Microsoft does all that in-house. It's crazy. Like, that's the only reason we have Red Dead Redemption 1 yeah. on that. I mean, they basically they, just went it. in and coded yeah. it, basically. <laughs> they just made it work. Yeah. So Rockstar didn't have to do anything except say, okay, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything surprise you about this? I mean, the four. I think the four generations was a surprise for me. Yeah, I mean, the, inco- the incorporation of the original Xbox to the degree they have, not just for this, but just in the last, like, three years is surprising. I mean, it's good surprise. Like, I don't, I don't know how useful it is to them, but I'm happy because I get to play a bunch of stuff that otherwise would be stuck on that original system, which I don't even know if my original one worked because I think it had that capacitor leak problem. No. Um, so it's, that's nice that that's there. There's a few things I would like to bring forward. I'll tell you, it's not even a very good game, but you know what I would love to play again? Wrath Unleashed. Oh wow! On, <laughs> on a on a system with like the, because because the upgraded stuff like the load times go away and the biggest problem with Wrath Unleashed that it took like a minute to load every single battle. If I could play Wrath Unleashed with like no load time, I would probably want to play that again. Okay, so we're gonna now that Mitch is a part of the show and he's he's in there. He's got a camera and he's got a mic. 
every once in a while we're going to reach out to him for some comments. Um, he is obviously much younger than us. In fact, maybe half my age. <laughs> and so he has a different perspective from us. So every once in a while we're going to check in with him to see what his perspective is. And what I want to ask him. And then him, we'll explain why it's wrong. Why he's wrong. <laughs> What I want to ask him is, after this new Xbox Series X information, which platform, Mitch, are you more excited to purchase at this point, and why? Um, I'm still sticking... The news from Xbox is positive news for gamers. I think as the consumer, it's nothing but good. The only thing that holds me back on Xbox is its first-party lineup. Yes, they bought a bunch of studios, but can they execute and have that first-party lineup? Because... To be honest, I'm more excited to play a first-party Sony game than I am to play a first-party Microsoft game. And if everything else is going to be multi-platform, why would I spend $500 on a console that I'm not going to play their first-party games? I think I agree with him, Matt. Yeah. He, we've trained him well. I mean, He's I'm focusing still... on the games instead of the hardware. Well, I'm happy with, with what they're saying about Series X. But, yeah, like PS5 is still a priority to buy because they have the exclusives. Yep. Yep. But it's easy to get. And I think it's fair to say that over the last six to seven years, Microsoft has blown any goodwill they could have had in terms of keeping me excited to play their exclusives. Yeah. It because be while they've easy. had a few good ones, I'm just like, I can only play so many Gears and Halo games. It can be easy to get bamboozled by hardware stuff, though. Mm-hmm. Especially right now. Everyone's, like, excited about the new platforms. and It's kind of like. Oh, well, look, I'm going to get one. Oh, well, yeah, like... yeah. But look, people look to us to figure out which one they should buy. Right um, now, I think, unless something is very strange in Sony Town, uh, <laughs> which maybe. Could be. <laughs> um, I think PS5 is is still the sure bet. Yeah. Even if it's a little more money? I don't think it will be. Yeah, I think they'll they'll be price matched. I think they'll be, they'll be the same price. How do you feel about the fact that we know everything about Series X now? Cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I mean, I think it's good to get that information I out. I mean, get as... the hardware stuff, get the info, get the, I mean, get the business out of the way. At E3, just blow the software out. Just, I shouldn't be thinking about anything at E3 except the games. Yeah. Like, I think that's the smart move, especially because you don't have to directly compete with Sony because they're not showing up. Yep. Speaking of which, nice segue, <laughs> Kyle. Man's a real pro. Mm. That takes us right into our next topic where we're going to talk about Sony and its inability to show up for anything at this point. Mm. Uh, so we already knew it bailed on E3. We already put them through the ringer for that. Then we find like if out, Sony was my friend, I'd like send someone to check on them. Basically, a wellness check. Yeah. Is that what those are called? Yeah. <laughs> Let's send a wellness check for Sony. It's like Sony hasn't been out of bed in three weeks, and we we, we should probably make sure. And it's not answering okay. texts or yeah. calls. And yeah, if someone knocked on the door, no one answered. So send the cops at this point. Uh, you so, got that big project due? Are you are you working on it? <laughs> yeah. Like we don't. Yeah. So Sony, we already knew bailed on E3, which we. Thought was a terrible decision, and well, I don't think it's a terrible decision. I do. Well, Pat, Pactor and I, I guess, would say we. I would say we agree. Um, and now it is decided that Naughty Dog is not going to PAX East to show off The Last of Us Part Two. Mm-hmm. That this is brutal to me because we haven't seen squat from this game. Really, we've seen one like six or seven mm-hmm. minute gameplay snippet. I mean, they could still release something. They're just not going to PAX. I mean, their official statement said, we'll get back to you at a later date. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, you know what? If we're not going to PAX, we're not putting this stuff out either. <laughs> what the hell? Well, it's not like no one's going to cancel the pre-order. So they don't really lose anything on this. Yeah. Um, you know, the concern is is supposedly coronavirus-related. Oh, yeah. Uh, I should have brought that up. Kojima Productions has also pulled out. Um, of By GDC, the way, actually, which I'm like, what were they gonna? I guess they were gonna like do presentations about Death Stranding tech and all that. But 
just to show off like our new uh, search stuff on the site, go back to the site, Mitch, real quick. And I'm going to search for coronavirus on the new site. And you'll be shocked at how many gaming stories there are about coronavirus. Look at this. That's a lot. Look at this. That mm-hmm. is all coronavirus. That's all gaming. And again, something sifted only does. This is all coronavirus-related topics about gaming. It's crazy. So Sony's not alone in being concerned about the coronavirus. No. Sony just seems to be overreacting over the coronavirus. Well, there's some who believe that they're basically using it as an, ex- as an excuse to not go to PAX or like, just to kind of be like, ah, oh, we didn't want to do that anyway, really. So here's a good excuse that doesn't make it look like we're just, like, giving up. Um. I don't know if I buy that conspiracy theory, but like, well, the, it's, it's not it's not a it's not a false concern if you're dealing with an actual, um, you know, the Olympics committee just said today, uh, one of the senior members of the Olympic Olympics committee, Dick Pound, <laughs> best name ever, champion Canadian swimmer, Dick Pound, his uh, his parents, I can't I can't figure out if they were awesome or cruel. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have to go by that; it could be hey, Richard. Richard. Yeah, you're right. He, he chose to go by Dick Pound. So Dick Pound said that um, <laughs> if if the coronavirus concerns become too big, they will cancel the Olympics this year. What? Um, which has happened before. Well, it uh, is in Tokyo, right? It's in Tokyo. Yeah. yeah. So that would be a uh, you know people are taking it seriously. The the there's a there's an actual you know concern about it. It's it's just you know it could reach pandemic levels, which doesn't necessarily mean civilization ends, but it just means a whole lot of people are gonna get sick. Yeah, um, and a lot of old people will die, yeah. uh, or compromised immune systems, or whatever. And like you know, the Olympics makes a lot of sense also because like, you know conventions like you know GDC and that kind of thing also makes sense because tons of people flying in from different places and then mingling for days and then going back to where they came from, and that's how that's a that's how it's a hell of a vector. But did you see that the I believe it was the mayor of Boston basically sent a message to Sony and was like, you know, you. Bailing on this, you're you're in, you're stoking fear. You're in reinforcing negative Asian stereotypes, and it, the Boston was like WTF. Like, mm-hmm. what are you guys doing? Like, that's crazy. Well, Boston uh, has a lot of money to make from that convention. It's part but of I mean, it. it's just one game that's not going. Yeah. I think it's more of just the sentiment of don't go to Boston because you're mm-hmm. going to get coronavirus. And I think it's. I mean, it doesn't matter wherever you are. If you're in any kind of urban area, I mean, it's already come through LA. I promise. Like, it's it's a very contagious disease. So, uh, good luck. But uh, I don't think going to like I, if I was planning to go to Paxi's, which I'm not, I wouldn't not go. Because yeah, I wouldn't of that. either. Like that's. But silly. they did. Yeah, but I, you know, you never know. Like, what's Sony doing? Who, who, you know, I'm sure they have their own plan, but. What do you think happened there, though? Do you think it came from Sony Japan? Could have come from Sony Japan. Like, it sounds like a Sony Japan decision. Uh Um, Yeah. And it's funny, like, there's like, oh, you're reinforcing negative Asian stereotypes. It's like, Japan doesn't have a lot of problem reinforcing negative stereotypes (laughs) about China. Yeah. There's there's some... Yeah, there's some animosity there. conflict there there going back a couple thousand. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's going to be increasingly interesting to see how this develops, if it affects E3 at all um well i mean the bigger effect is that most people had assumed and the rumor mill was grinding along that gdc was going to be the debut of playstation mm-hmm. 5 um everything was kind of leading up to that just last week uh, a sony executive said oh no we're following the same 
plan that we did for PlayStation 4 as far as like pre-promotion and pre-marketing for our console. And so people are like, okay, that means that GDC is is the moment. And now they've announced that they're not going there either, which makes me wonder if they were ever really going to announce something all that big at GDC anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. it leads me to believe that they weren't. Um, it sounds like they're really going to do the PS5 stuff on their own terms come hell or high water. In so. a sterile room somewhere. Pretty much. <laughs> just <laughs> wearing masks. Like everybody's got the cloth gloves. Yeah. It's like I, you can't hide forever. Like, I don't know. The whole thing seems crazy to me and an overreaction. I, I think and... they're sort of leaning into the, the uh, movie style of things where, like, you really only advertise films the last month before release. Like, that's all you need because you just need the mainstream to be aware of it. And uh, the only other reason to release teasers and trailers before that is to get the hardcore and the nerds and people like us interested in the movie. We are already interested in PlayStation 5. Yeah. Like, they don't have to do that to us. So it's all built in, and I think Sony is really – they're experimental here, but they're trying to see – do we have to do this multi-million dollar campaign over the course of a year, year and a half, or can we just, like – do that last-minute three-month run-up and do just as well. Maybe Sony was just waiting to see how much information Microsoft would release before they ever announced anything. That's possible, too. I mean, Microsoft just gave it to them again. Maybe we're once again an arrogant Sony, the HD era begins when we say it does territory. I mean, it could, or they could just be strategic, and they're like, if Microsoft just going to keep blabbing and mm-hmm. tell us what's going to be in their machine, let's just let them. And we'll wait until they're done, and then we'll make our decision. I mean, they're yeah. doing it again. It, it makes you it's the wonder same thing they, that happened. It makes you wonder if they have some kind of ace up the sleeve. Yeah, or if they if they have the ability. I mean, look, now that they know the specs for this stuff, they could just bump up everything a little bit, and next thing you know, they're the most powerful well, next gen console. It's too late for that. It, you, you're, in, you're in manufacturing at this point, pretty much, pretty close. Like you can't. Just yeah, sort of change I mean, parts. The best you could do would be to overclock some things. And then you're looking into a warranty nightmare if that goes wrong. Well, right now, they're probably not in production. Usually, production starts six months before. So it's getting close. It's too late, though. But right now, they're, they're basically... You can't tweak anything this close to production. It's impossible. Yeah, because they're, they're getting bids the parts from... parts have to be... They're getting bids from part suppliers, manufacturers, and they're trying to figure out how much it's going to cost you to assemble the thing mm-hmm. right now. Um, and you're right. You do need hard data to kind of get those bids and make sure that those bids are accurate. So there are small things PlayStation could still, could still do based upon the information that Microsoft has put out there already. Nothing drastic. Like, you couldn't completely... I mean, you'd be looking at, like, weird gimmicks and things the OS can do. And, hell, maybe they're delaying because the OS doesn't work right yet. Like, yeah. you don't know. Yeah. Like, you don't know what's going on. Maybe the sweat sensors aren't in place. I don't <laughs> know. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> That's That was... Uh... That was quite interesting. Um, so, any ramifications for Sony? Just again, just no. being completely. Where do you, where do you draw the line, though? Is there a place where you draw the no line? line? No, like the vast. Where, I mean, where the it millions to affect and, them? The, nowhere. The millions and millions of people who buy these systems and make them the multi-million-dollar number one hit they are don't even know what E3 is for the most part. Like none of this matters. This this is all for enthusiast press and enthusiast hobbyists like the people that make these things mass market hits don't care about any of this they yeah. just care They're definitely about, not watching game face no they just <laughs> care about sure. seeing that ad the ad for the ps5 and whatever games are coming out for it on the nfl game or the nba game in the fall and that's what they decide to buy like, that's yeah. all it is and sony i think sony's finally realizing that what's the purpose of all this then oh what all this 
What we do? Yes. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> really? Pretty much. <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. I mean, there's there's money to be made. There's money to be made. But, like, Sony doesn't have to care about that. Yeah. Then why do they work with the press? Do they? Yeah. Still? Yeah. So much? Yeah, for sure. All the time? Yeah. Then where's our Last of Us exclusive? <laughs> well, we need a lot more traffic to get an exclusive <laughs> like that. I'll tell you that much. That's for sure. Um, look, I, I kind of agree with you. I don't think this really impacts the... Console war. I hate even using that in 2020. But I don't think it really impacts his competition with with Microsoft all that much. If anything, I think it gives Sony an advantage. It's like Microsoft just laid its cards on the table. Now Sony knows what hand it needs to win. And so it can Mm -hmm. keep sitting there going fishing until it has the hand that it needs and it can lay it down. But that's the thing is their hand's already dealt. they, They can't change that hand right now. They have to just figure out a way to make what they have sound better than what Microsoft has. And quite frankly, when you have Sony's exclusive lineup, that shouldn't be too hard. Yeah, that's true. It's like, yeah, you can show me all these teraflops and all these things, and all that, and look, look what's coming, and we're going to have this and Game Pass, and da, da, da. and Sony could just be Spider-Man Two. Go fuck yourself. And like, I, that's a pretty compelling point. Yeah, that's frankly. pretty much all you have to do, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's just like we said a minute ago. The software talks, man. Yeah, hardware is for shows. Top. You, you launched that thing with Horizon go. Zero Dawn Two, and like, yeah, that's not a decision for me anymore. Yeah. It's that simple. Hardware for show, software for dough. Yeah. That's pretty much how it works. And that's, I mean, look, as consumers, that's what matters to us, playing the games. What games does each system mm-hmm. have? And I, I think, mean, hopefully something better than Godfall. But yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I think both of these consoles are going to be nearly identical as far as performance is concerned. I um, think it's going to be negligible, yeah. I think the Xbox might be a little more powerful in the end, but I don't think it's going to be like what it is here where like the Xbox One X is like, oh, you get better performance, period, out of yeah. this thing. I don't think the gap's going to be there. And I don't think the gap will be as big as it was for PS4 and Xbox One either. No, no. Uh, we'll see when the next round of upgrade versions comes out in three yeah, years. Yeah, right. Uh, that's a good point. Because that's going to keep happening. Yeah. Absolutely. That is definitely the new normal, I think. Yep. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about VR. Um, this week... Out of nowhere, Vive announced a brand new HMD called the Vive Cosmos. Um, when everybody else in the space is cutting wires, lowering the price of their HMDs, and trying to get rid of a lot of the extra gear that you need for VR, Vive was just like, oh, hold my beer. Mm-hmm. They, they just doubled down on creating the most expensive VR HMD on the market. Yeah, it, Vive is clearly the boutique headset. Like this is this is like kind of the cutting edge, and you pay a price for that. Um, I mean, that certainly was true of the first one, uh, the one I got. Uh, it, you know, the quality in terms of presentation was certainly above and beyond anything else that was on the market at the time. Um, I don't think that's the path to mainstream success, because I think ease of use and ease of setup and speed from I want to play a VR game to playing that VR game is the key. Um, But there is something to be said for kind of just how good the Vive looked in comparison to the other two. Um, Do I think I will upgrade? Probably not. Uh, But I'm interested to see kind of where they go with this. It's also interesting to me that they're still using those big drumstick controllers instead of le- leaning into the uh, finger the tracking. The knuckle stuff, yeah. The finger tracking stuff seems to be a more promising avenue to me, but what do I know? 
Yeah, it's coming. Um, it's going to also start using like Steam's gear. Mm-hmm. So it's going to use the uh, the Steam Lighthouse base stations. I mean, that's smart because it already does. And it works great. Yeah. The, the first, you know, the first, my Vive has two of those. So like, yeah, make sure if everything else has to you know become useless, I'd certainly prefer to at least keep the lighthouse, especially because people tend to have those mounted on their walls or something. Uh, the less drilling you have to do when you buy a new hard new hardware is, is is always good to limit that. Well, also to help with that, there's a new external tracking face plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the actual plate on the front of the HMD can handle tracking now, mm-hmm. um, which should help. It's good. It's 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 a necessary thing. The the big part about this the, though, the accuracy of the lighthouse tracking though is really hard to oversell. Like, yeah. it's it's it, it's a is a night and day difference, or at least it was in the first round. Yep. The big X factor for this, though, Matt, is that the Cosmos costs nine hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Vive is Vive is not the cheap option. HTC is a big company. It is. Are you surprised that they have continued to? I mean, it's a losing proposition. No, I mean this is just that's just the route they seem to have chosen to go. I don't know why, but that's they want to make the high end. They want to make the 3DO of VR headsets. With all the downside that includes, I guess. Do you think that there's even a a market for this anymore? I mean, I don't think outside of a couple hundred thousand, probably. I mean, is that a market? Not really. I mean, it's a market to some people. I don't know if it's a market when you're making a headset this, this advanced. Yeah. Like, what's the end game with it? I don't know. I mean, you think about the R&D costs, mm-hmm. and the, the profit margins are pretty slim on VR HMDs. I just... I just one. I think it's a mistake. I just don't think that putting out a premium VR HMD is a good idea right now. Mm-hmm. I think everybody should be trying to figure out how to make whatever they're working on wireless. Um, mm-hmm. Like to me, the old Vive Vive wireless is better than releasing an upgraded wired version. It mm-hmm. just makes more sense financially. It makes more sense for the medium. In all, in all honesty. Yeah, I mean, like, the fidelity will get there in the wireless sets. Like, in the meantime, I think it's, it would seem to me to be more important to remain competitive and on the edge of that wireless idea um, because that's where mainstream success lies. Uh, but HTC just seems to be more about, like, we're going to make it look as good as we, you know, they're, they're, they want the hardware, they want the, the quality, they want the, the high-end stuff, and you can't really run that on a portable battery just yet, not for an appreciable amount of time anyway. Do you regret buying... A Vive at this point? No, um, I had my fun with it. I haven't actually had it out of the box in two years. Uh, after I moved, I never set it up again. I haven't played my PlayStation VR I, forever. I will probably set it up to play Half Life, just because otherwise we're not gonna be able to talk about it. Yeah. Um, if I was not doing this show, I would probably just not play that game. Yeah, because I don't want to go through the trouble of doing all that. Do like, you think that Half Life Alex is eventually going to have a two D version? Probably, I do too. Yeah. Like, I think it might take a while, and they may have to tweak the game a little bit. They have to, to tweak make it the work. hell out of it. Yeah. yeah, but I think you can make it work if you want to. I don't know if they will. Like, it'd be smarter in terms of what they're trying to do with it. To uh, especially because now they have an investment in the hardware themselves to keep it VR. But I don't know if you if two years from now when you've sold what you're going to sell, if the temptation isn't too great to like rake in those millions of sales that you missed by not catering to non-VR players. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, or just make Half-Life 3, maybe. Like, you can do that, too. I mean, I've got over the hump at this point. There's no way at this point I'm going to spend $900 on a VR HMD. No. I'm just not. Like, no. the max I'm willing to spend on VR you is... you got a, systems coming out this year. There's right. No, there's no budget for that. Right. Plus, I mean, that plus it's just too much. Like, I, I'll spend three or 400 bucks on a VR HMD. That's it. That's all. After getting mm-hmm. burned by PlayStation VR, I'll be honest, like, I do feel burned by it. Um I will not invest more than like a couple hundred bucks in VR going forward. Whenever mm-hmm. they get to a place where it looks good for 300 400 bucks wireless, I'll buy a new one. Yeah. Until then, I know I get motion sick. It's not worth the investment for me to jump in, especially at $900. And I I struggle. Like, do you think anybody who bought a Vive before will upgrade? This. Yes, you do. I mean, I've definitely seen people on forums and stuff say that that's what they're going to do. Okay, like there's some people who are all in on this, but it reminds me of like Star Citizen backers. Yeah, you know? it's it's just sort of okay. That's your thing. Who just settled with uh, Crytek out of court? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I also saw a, I saw a great video last night uh, where somebody goes into their ship and lays down on the bed in the bunk and like plays with the little, little monitor thing, and then he goes to sit back up, and the character sits up. To the, in the wrong direction, and instead of getting up into the interior of the spaceship, like gets up through the wall and flies out into space and dies. Because <laughs> sometimes the left side is the wrong side, kids. <laughs> um, that game, that game is is ridiculous, but I can't say it has not entertained me. Yep. But uh, it reminds me of that kind of thing. Where it's like, oh, you're just gonna you're just gonna keep throwing money at this thing that doesn't seem to be getting any better or any different, but. You want the newest thing. You want the hottest thing. You want. The I mean, newest. look. If I had money to burn, I'd pro- I would own one. I mean, I, I you arguably, do actually. arguably could burn that <laughs> and money. You're not spending it. But I just, you know, you don't you don't continue to have money to burn if you spend it on stupid That's shit. That's a good point. So, like, <laughs> touche. That's true. <laughs> That's kind of how it works. And I, isn't I it? still, you know, I still got to get at least one new console this year. Yeah. I'd rather spend you know that well, kind of money on that. Two, definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, probably. Oh, I'm like, definitely getting both. I got no room for a VR. I got. I I can play the new stuff on my existing Vive, and it won't look as great, but like yeah. it's fine. Like it it works. It'll work. That actually transitions nicely to our next topic because it's about PlayStation VR two. Mm. Um, do you think Sony is going to allow PlayStation VR one to work in an improved state on PlayStation five? Because we know PlayStation VR 2 is coming, and we're going to get to that in just a second. Improved state? Yeah. So higher frame rates, lower motion sickness for people like me. I mean, in theory, I guess you could. I just don't know how much processing is happening through that box you hook up to. Right. That may be the bottleneck. I think that is. I think it is. I think you're Um, right. I mean, certainly if I were going, I would probably replace mine with VR 2 when the time comes, assuming there's stuff I want to play on it. Because I have the original release of PlayStation VR, which means the box can't do HDR through while it's hooked yeah, up. So I, transfer so through. So if I want to do, H, do HDR, and I do, on non-VR stuff, I have to unhook it and rehook it whenever I play. So that means the PlayStation VR has been in the entertainment cabinet and does not come out very often. Um, it will probably come out for Iron Man, and that's about it. So if there's compelling VR content by the time PSVR 2 comes out, I will probably go ahead and get that just so I don't have to unhook stuff all the time assuming i even want to play it all the time like that's the thing is like yes it's annoying i have to unhook it 
and rehook it if I want. But do I have to do that all that often? No, because I don't really play it. Right. So yeah. And software for PlayStation original PlayStation VR is yeah, it's really falling off a really cliff. Bad. Yeah. yeah. And so I, you know, you got to wait and see. Like, do they? Is it falling off a cliff because everybody shifted development to the next system, or, or is it falling off a cliff because everybody just kind of walked away from it? Because they're like, we don't want to make VR games anymore because we can't make money. Yeah. Yeah. I think it might be the latter. Could <laughs> I be hate to say it, but. There was an opportunity. I, mean, I don't think there. VR is going away or anything. But I don't like, either. But I, I think the gold rush is over. For yeah. a while, you had these huge companies like Valve and HTC and mm-hmm. Facebook just throwing money at developers. Yeah. I mean, why do you think Insomniac made like four VR? It's not because they were going to make a lot of money off of them. Um, but I think that yeah. might be over. These yeah, big was, companies just throwing money around. And it's funny to see that, you know, because there was sort of a push for VR stuff in like the late 90s. It, it's cyclical. It is. Yeah. It was, as, as Eddie Azard would say, it was just sort of like, oh, I got a better idea, I got a better idea. What's oh, the same idea? It's the same idea. It's the same. Like, it just <laughs> didn't It didn't work. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I don't think anyone's given up on it. I don't think, you know, like Sony clear, clearly still thinks there's something there. But uh, we're, everyone, I think everyone's just sort of waiting around for. Uh, the hardware to become something that the average person is willing to pick up and use and pay for, and a game that makes everyone want to pick it up and pay for it. Like, you yep. know, that's not there yet. Well, some patents came out this week for the PlayStation VR2 controller. You're talking about how it was kind of absurd that Vive is still using those ancient controllers. Well, PlayStation VR2's new patent for its controllers, it looks like there is going to be finger movement. Uh, we have some of the drawings from the patents here. Um, that just kind of shows how the wrist strap works. That's probably the least revealing of all of them. And there you can see there's a trigger there on the mm-hmm. one of them. And then the trackers at 21, 21, 21, that picks up when your fingers actually leave the controller. They don't look as advanced as what you would get with some of the new HMDs. Mm-hmm. But considering we were just using move controllers beforehand yeah. to play PlayStation VR, I think this is a pretty massive upgrade. And there you can see actually with the hand kind of wrapped around it. It appears that it uses some kind of like IR detector when your fingers are over the... It appears, even... appears to run on some kind of electricity. <laughs> That's... That's usually the way electronics work. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, they patented, like, how the thing connects to your hand for some reason. Like, the wrist strap is some kind of a big deal. Sure. I'm not sure exactly why. Uh, but it is good to see the PlayStation VR is going to have at least somewhat futuristic VR controllers instead of just the old move motion tracking ping pong ball thing that they've been trying to get by on for the last few years. Um, when do you think we'll hear about PlayStation VR for the two for the first time? I think probably a year from now. So you think they'll launch PS5 and then talk about it after yeah. the consoles out there, kind of yeah. like how they did last gen? Yeah, like, I don't think they're going to want to split their message on this thing. Like this will be a a later purchase. Do you think PlayStation VR one will work with PlayStation Five? Yeah, I think you'll be able to hook it up and yeah. and use it. I just don't think it'll look as good as good as VR two will. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You think it'll look better though than like using it on a Pro or? I mean, I think it'll look better in the sense you'll have better graphics in yeah. there. I don't know if you can actually run higher frame rates off of the old box. Yeah, I don't know if you can either. We'll see. I mean, I don't know how much work that box is doing or if it's just tran- changing the signal. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and then the other news from PlayStation Land this week is that a new patent was revealed for the DualShock 5. Um, remember the vitality sensor? Mm-hmm. From Iwata-san. Oh, um, yeah. Well, that went away. 
even before Awada passed away, it had gone away. Mm-hmm. And it appears that Sony has picked up the mantle and run with it because it is working on controller grips for the DualShock 5 that will measure electrodermal activity, which is basically sweat secretion and your heart rate. Um, the biofeedback will then be used by the PS5 to make adjustments to a user's gaming experience. So basically, it's measuring your heart rate and how much your hands are sweating and then changing elements inside the game based upon how you're reacting to the game. Mm-hmm. Do you like that or do you not like it? I don't care because my hands don't sweat. Your hands don't sweat? Not when I play games. Ever. I've never had that happen. No, I mean, unless it's like really hot. Yeah. If it's like 110 degrees. Yeah. Some, I, it does. It but is a hand, thing for a lot of people. Though. But I do not have sweaty hands and they do not sweat when I play games. And so, I mean, I'm sure there's like more minor things that come up with. I'm all like, paranoid. But I don't like like <laughs> heart rate. I, like, that's not something I associate with playing much unless something's really pissing me off, in which case I don't know how you adjust that on the fly. Um, how do you tell that my heart rate's going up because I'm excited or whether because or because I'm really angry at the stupid jumping puzzle you put in? Yeah, what happens if, um, like, you're right? What if you get pissed off at a part in the game? Well, actually, if it would do that, it, maybe it would make the difficulty easier. Maybe. Um, I just don't know, like, like, I understand, like, the philosophy behind it. And, like, I know Cliff has been advocating for kind of a biofeedback approach to that for a long time. But as someone who doesn't physically react to a lot of things like that like i don't know if that's going to actually impact me at all yeah it Um, probably won't it's kind of it's a neat idea like i just don't know if if it matters to me i believe that my hands sweat at a normal level Mm -hmm. i don't i don't have overly sweaty hands but my hands do sweat from time to time um not so much playing games now that i think about it though um when i exercise certainly they do i think maybe the bigger concern about this though is privacy so Mm -hmm. Apple makes a very big deal about how it protects your... And I'll say, I mean, the feds go to Apple and tell them to crack an iPhone, and Apple's like, go away. Nope. I I admire that about the company. Um, And Apple has important personal data on everyone. So I have this watch here that's measuring my heart rate all day, every day, at least until I go to sleep and I take it off. It knows a lot about me. That data is private and really important, and that's one thing Apple has emphasized is... You know, we take your privacy very seriously. We know that, like, your heart rate is, like, private information that people could use against you. So I wonder if, one, if Sony has the wherewithal and if people believe that Sony could do it to protect their privacy Mm -hmm. with that kind of information. That might be something that could be a bump in the road. Yeah, I mean, they've certainly had leaks in the past and trouble with PSN. There's yeah. that time PSN was down for like two weeks right. or whatever. Yeah. And... I mean, they've had problems with people's data. Yeah. And that could be an issue. I mean, uh, certainly I think it should be an opt-in thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't really care if somebody knows what my heart rate is, but like other people might, and they should have the option to not do that. Would you be pissed off if they actually implemented this tech into the DualShock 5, and then it comes out, and people are, like, raving about it, and you can't even use it. It doesn't work for you. No. You wouldn't care? I have liked games just fine for 40 years without that, and I'm sure they'll be fine after it if it doesn't work on me. How important is it to create features that you know the vast majority of people can use? I mean, pretty important if you're going to charge extra money for them. Yeah. If they're just going to be a bonus to the controller that comes with every system... I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not smart business to like waste all that money on R and D for something that a bunch of people can't use. But I think I'm probably a pretty minor niche of of the demographic. Like, I just don't. 
I don't react like that to things. Is it worth it? Because you got to figure. Let's say it bumps up the production cost of each each, mm-hmm. each uh, controller five bucks. I mean, in the end, probably not, because I feel like this is one of those gimmicks that it's like, oh, three games near the launch window will use it, and then you'll never hear about it again. Yeah. like That's the, the problem, is that you have to depend on the developers actually making use of the functionality. And at the end of the day, when you're trying to get a game shipped, mm-hmm. some biofeedback is, unless your game is based around something like that, biofeedback is probably one of the right. last things that you're going to implement. So like, I, I feel like the You Don't Know Jack box will probably do something pretty cool with it, but like... <laughs> My guess is first party stuff, at least initially, would do something things. with it. Like I can't wait because they're forced to. Like but... I can't wait to see like, what stupid thing Horizon Zero Dawn Two makes me have to do. <laughs> to like it's like, oh, your heart rate has to be over this much to like scan this audio log, and I'm just like, oh, I got to run around the couch again. This is like, like what is that going to be? You could do cool stuff though. Like think about a game like Outlast, where you're constantly like hiding from creepy like mm-hmm. psychos or whatever. And, like, you have to wait until your heart rate gets to a certain place before you can, like, move from, like, one object to another. Like, yeah, I mean, that's just... You could do some cool stuff. That wouldn't, like, really bother me or change much about me because because my heart rate doesn't really go up when I play those games. Mostly, like, games like that I find boring. Yeah. So, like, I just... I I wouldn't need to hide too much, I guess, because it was just like, oh, you're, you're fine. <laughs> the, the thing that I think that would well, what be... what if the game wouldn't let you physically move to that next location until your heart rate was at that certain level? It's, it's... Well, that's what I'm saying is, like, my heart rate wouldn't go up that much so it would probably not affect much of that. Oh, you'd be able to move just right away. Yeah. <laughs> but I but I do think that would make it for a very interesting speed running. You'll get the dead inside achievement. Pretty much. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> but I think I think it would make for interesting speed running if you found someone who does react strongly to things Actually, like that. Actually, you're right. And, like and the part of the speed run is trying to stay calm. Yeah. Like that's a cool idea. That is a cool, you could do some cool stuff with it. I'll say this. I'd watch that. I don't think yeah, I yeah. could be that, you know? Like but I'll say this. I would prefer this tech were in the hands of Nintendo instead of Sony. Yeah, I feel like Nintendo would stick with it longer. I also feel like it would find more creative ways to use it. And I think that was the idea all along. Nintendo probably does Mm. already have a bundle of ideas. Or also Nintendo decided it just wasn't such a good idea and they didn't do it. And now Sony's doing it because they aren't as perceptive as Nintendo. And I don't know what's going to happen. Or Sony looks at it like, every time we copy Nintendo, it's a smashing success. (laughs) Is it? Is it, though? I mean, it is. The move? Is that a smashing success? eh, It led to PlayStation VR. They got to repurpose it for PlayStation (laughs) VR. I don't know if it led to anything. That's all a matter of perspective, Kyle. Uh, so any last uh, impressions over these latest uh, hardware updates? You think what, what percentage chance do you think that this stuff makes it into either the DualShock 5 or PlayStation VR 2? Um, I mean, most of the leaks so far have been pretty accurate. They have been. So like, yeah. I think it's a pretty good chance. Yeah. I would say the Knuckles controllers for PlayStation VR, 95% chance. Yeah, I'd say that's, that's going to happen. The biofeedback in the DualShock 5, I would give that like a 40% chance. Maybe. Maybe. That may be even generous, actually. I mean, if we're hearing about it now, it's in there. Really? You think so? If it's it was just a, if a it's patent filed. Patent? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I mean, it's it's exactly the kind of dumb human trick you'd put in a new console. <laughs> it that is. That Microsoft definitely wouldn't do. Well, you're, you were talking earlier about a differentiator, mm-hmm. and you're right. Like, that's the kind of I mean, thing that... that's a thing. This kind of thing is something that you could see as a differentiator if you've been in enough board meetings for a week, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not saying a normal person would be like, oh, yeah, that's totally the, the edge you need over the over the Xbox's three extra teraflops or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I could see them convincing themselves it is. So Mitch is a little younger than us, 
And I think he may say that every time we go over to him. Probably. <laughs> Let's ask the <laughs> child what he thinks. But I'm just wondering if maybe he's a little more open to things like motion controls or like a biosensor or something like that. Would you be more interested in that than we are, Mitch? Not only that, I'm also taking a shower. So you're looking at a child <laughs> taking a shower. Um, I think the biosensor would be only interesting in the aspect of you know, in a horror game, you gave an example. I think testing out maybe a game gets more scary as it understands what makes you what makes your heart rate go up, and so then the game can evolve in front of you of either they're going to do more jump scares or they're going to set this certain music that sets this environmental tone. I think there's applications, but to be honest, it's not really that interesting. Okay, I, I, it'd have to have a smash property to say like. This is how it would be used. A killer app, basically. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Same thing with VR. It's you need the killer app to sell that type of hardware. Okay. We're training him well, Kyle. Hmm. He's not all that different from us. Uh (laughs) He's been watching Game Face too long, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I would put uh, their vitality sensor at like me. Actually, now that I think about it, like thirty thirty five percent chance of it making it in. Hmm. Um, I just think I think it sounds like a very legitimate dumb trick to, <laughs> put, in, to put in a launch version of a console. That's uh, entirely possible. It'll be, it'll be their connect. Yep, it could be. All right, we're going to move on to the last topic of episode 200. Well, what are they going to call it? What dumb buzzword name would they call that? I don't know. PlayStation. I'm trying to think about how they've renamed other stuff they've stolen from Viva. Nintendo. <laughs> like... <laughs> They've stolen almost everything from Nintendo at this point, and they don't really—they don't seem to be inspired by the names that Nintendo uses. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like PlayStation Pulse, exactly. <laughs> or like, and Nintendo yeah. has these weird—I mean, Vitality Sensor. That's not exactly catchy. No, Sony manages to find a way to make it seem more interesting. Sony Beats. Yeah, <laughs> I think that one's already. We've already done that, that one. Beats <laughs> by Dre. <laughs> I think that one's that's PlayStation version. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's move on to our last topic for episode 200. Let's put a cap on this sucker. Uh, we're going to talk about Epic Game Store. I don't know if there's been anything more angering and controversial for PC gamers in the last probably two years than Epic Game Store. We've talked about it before on Game Face. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of PC players are angry that um, that it's soaking up exclusives, that it would prefer that they got on Steam. A lot of people don't like the client, or they feel like the client is underbaked, and it doesn't have all the features that Steam has, so they get angry when games are exclusively released. Client is pretty clunky. Yeah. Look, it's not, it's not as good as Steam, but it's uh, literally like 1 20th of the age of Steam. Um, but this week we found out that one of the most high-profile games that was an exclusive to Epic Games, Epic Game Store was just released on Steam and sold 200,000 copies, like, overnight. Uh, And that is Metro Exodus, Mm -hmm. which we're looking at right now. It was probably the first high-profile Epic Game Store exclusive. And everybody, everyone on Sifted, all the PC gamers I know were saying, oh, this is going to doom the game, it's going to do terrible, it won't sell on Epic Game Store, and then by the time it comes out on Steam, no one's going to care and it won't sell there either. Well... They've been proven wrong on both accounts. It sold very well on Epic Game Store, and now it's selling like gangbusters on Steam. So, Matt, is this proof that we, we can coexist here, that that Steam and Epic Game Store can be two viable services? And I mean, I think it was always true. Like, 
I, the the anger about Epic Game Store is bizarre to me. I don't like, get I it don't, either, honestly. I, I tried. I, I I haven't bought much on Epic Game Store. Uh, like Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. I just go um, get the free games every month. Free games, Untitled Goose Game. I got there. Um, you know, because if it wasn't on Steam and I wanted to play it now, I just bought it. Yeah. Because it's why not? I, it's one more shortcut on my desktop. I don't. It's give also a shit. it's fine. It's not look. It's, it's fine, not as yeah. good as Steam, but no, it's, it's fine. There's fine. nothing wrong with the it's launcher. Fine. There's nothing wrong with the client. It's just not as full featured as what you're no. getting on Steam. And right it'll now. get there. Yeah. Like it's fine. It takes it's fine. Time. Takes time. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Um, and I know, like, I don't know. Everybody's got like the things like, oh, I want all my my whole library in the Steam folder. I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't understand that. Yeah, like, I don't get it either. Like, it's just one other icon on your desktop to click. I don't know. People don't seem to mind adding programs any other time. It's just when it's a competitor to something yeah, they really like. I mean, like I've already got, I've got GOG, and I've got uh, GOG Galaxy, and I've got this, and I've got uh, that stupid Origin launcher I have to use once in a while to play something EA does. Like, that EA still won't give up on. Yeah, I don't get it. It's bizarre. Like, At least you can launch, launch SWOTOR without it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's not. It's, I, it, it could not be more of a non-issue to me. Like, I don't care. Um, like, and people are like, oh my god, it's exclusive to free. It's like, okay, so load up the Epic Game Store and play it there. I don't get it. Um, so what I did with Rebel Galaxy. Like, there's not a lot of exclusives on Epic Game Store that I actually care that much about, but the ones that I do, I'll just get them there. Yeah. And then if I really, really desperately want them to be on Steam, I'll wait until they drop in price on Steam and get them for like nine bucks three years later. Like, I don't know. I, I don't see the issue. I mean, right? I'll be honest. I, I've never been a Steam fan. Um, for for the most of the part, most of the time that Steam has been growing, just kind of like what Epic Game Store is doing now. Um, I was not a hardcore PC gamer. I was actually a hardcore PC gamer before Steam existed. That's kind of the crazy part. Mm-hmm. And then once consoles started leapfrogging PC tech, and it didn't happen for long, but there were a few years there where consoles were actually more powerful than PCs. Um, then I switched to consoles, and I only play PC when there's a game that's exclusive for it. So. I don't have an affinity for Steam. I know it's good. I know it's full-featured. I like it. It's fine. But I am not, like, a fan of Steam. I'm not a fan of Valve. And so I'll just be perfectly honest with you. I use EGS more than Steam now. Like, I use Steam for, like, to stream stuff from my PC to my TV more than I use it to play games. I can go to Epic Game Store every week pretty much and get a free game. Do yep. we get, When do we get free games on Steam? Mm-hmm. Ne- ever. Ever? Never. It's like, oh, you're going to have a sale and throw us a bone? Epic's giving us games. Not crappy games either, like good games. Mm-hmm. Now, look, it probably has to do that to compete with, if they have <coughs> any chance of competing with Steam, it has to do something oh, drastic sure. like that. But I, again, I don't care. I don't care about any of that crap. All I know is there's this service that is literally giving me like three free games a month. And they're good ones. Mm-hmm. They're not just junk that you don't want to play. So... <coughs> I I think over time the the Steam purists, the Steam fans will slowly start to come around. They'll start to realize, "Hey, why am I keeping myself from getting all these free games?" Like I, it's pretty bizarre that someone oh. would boycott it when they could get a bunch of free stuff. Um the the other thing I would say is that I think I've reached a point where I'm getting too much free stuff. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. Like, if you go to Twitch, and if, look, if you subscribe via Twitch Prime and subscribe to us, thank you. That's awesome. Another thing that that does, though, other than getting you Pactor Factor a week early and some emotes on our streams and stuff, is you also get free games. 
every time I go to log into Twitch, like I look, I click the notifications thing, and there's like ten free games there. Mm-hmm. Where you just click it, and there's a code. Click it, there's a code. Click it, there's a code. Like even Twitch at this point is, in my opinion, destroying Steam as far from a consumer's perspective, mm-hmm. as far as being friendly to the consumer. Um, then you couple that with you know Steam's unwillingness to lower its its thirty percent cut in spite of all the competition. And I I don't know why people are such fans. Like I don't know. That they haven't made it's it. been there forever and I guess it's what they have all their games. I mean I've I have ridiculous numbers of games on there from like Me too. The, from all the humble bundle stuff and yeah. it just got ridiculous. It got at a certain point But I, I was, never play any no, of it. No, I didn't. At a certain point I, I had so many duplicate humble bundle things I was like cancel I canceled everything on that because it was silly. Yeah. It's like what's the point? Like do you need three copies yeah. of some indie game? I'm like, platform? look, at a certain point, I looked at, like, my 2,000 Steam games. I'm like, I'm not going to live long enough to play all if these. If you started like playing today, you couldn't play all those games before you died. Maybe not. Unless you lived to, like, 110 or whatever. I mean, you, I could play, like, five minutes of them. Right. Like, you could play yeah. everyone. You couldn't finish all of them, though. Yeah. I mean, I imagine I wouldn't want to finish no. all of them. <laughs> Especially if a lot of those come from the Humble Bundles, because yeah. those games always seem awesome until you start digging into them. You're like, the definition oh, of a mixed bag. I see things. why I got this for 75 cents <laughs> now. <laughs> Uh, so what they, would you they say? Can't all, they can't all be 30 flights of love Shane. <laughs> so what would you say to the Epic Game Store haters to try to convince them to get over it? I don't know. I'd probably just tell them to leave my house. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, if you don't want to, fine. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. You're just you're just depriving yourself of hey, look, I don't care. free it's... stuff or playing a game you want to play a year earlier than waiting for Steam. Like, I don't know what the – I don't understand the difference. Look, anybody can believe whatever they want. I don't care. Within reason, obviously. If someone's a Nazi, I got a problem with that. But as far as entertainment and stuff is concerned, they can believe whatever I want and I don't care. It's right. when they start coming into my space that I start to get agitated. When they're in comments and on Twitter and on Facebook and everywhere I go, and it's people like, ah, it sucks. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, it doesn't. It's not as good as Steam yet. It might be someday, but it's not as good yet. But you're getting all this free stuff, brah. Like, mm-hmm. how can you hate on that? I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. It's, really it's, just, it's just a vector to me. It's not, you know, it's not uh, those these kinds of platforms are not anything to be loyal to or anything to be a fan of. To me, it's just like this is how you get a game. It's and like being go, a fan of like Walmart or Target, right? And I guess there are fans actually. There of are. I mean, there <laughs> are like the Walmart versus Target fans. It's like, do I care whether my milk came from Ralph's or <laughs> or Safeway <laughs> or, or Ron's? <laughs> like, no. Like, just where where was I that day? Who had milk? You yeah. Know like that's <laughs> yeah, it. That's all that matters. Yeah. That's how it goes. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe over. I think over time, people are going to come to their senses. They're going to realize, man, how can I don't we- know, man? It's the internet. When does that ever happen? <laughs> Not as often as it should. That's for sure. All right, that's it for Game Face episode two hundred. I wish there were more like games and stuff happening this week. Yeah, it would be great well, to have like an in depth conversation well, about a video game. Well, on look, I, you, that wouldn't have happened this week anyway. Cause yeah, it was a, it was a very busy. Yeah. Last many days. I think both of us at this point right now are like, yeah. shoo, you just got done with a big project. Mm-hmm. I just got kind of done with a big project. Um, and now we can just both kind of move forward. And it all coincides with all the games coming out real soon. Yeah, I'm, I am glad I, we got everything shot before the big March release schedule kicks in. Yep. Uh, the other thing, uh, eventually you'll probably be able to see the short films we shot somewhere like, yeah, yeah. later in the year. Uh, and our old, our old TD, Jared... Was it showed up to be an extra in both of them, so you'll, awesome. see, you'll see Jared in at least the at least. Was the... Jared ever on camera? 
I don't know if he I was. Think maybe once. Maybe maybe. Maybe but, at Christmas, I think before yeah. we left, he I got him on camera. But he is I, definitely a, a, in, an extra in the dance club in the Tango film we made. Yeah, and that's uh, a good that's a good spot for him. He is uh, he's way in the background of the other film, and like because we needed people sitting at a restaurant across the street to make it look like it was populated. So yeah. you might not be able to see him back there, but he is okay. back there. Awesome. Um, hey, that's two hundred people, and you guys are probably wondering like, where's the trailer of the week? Well. We've decided not to do the trailer of the week anymore. I don't know how you guys are going to feel about that. Um, we had originally used it as like a camouflage to get into. Actually, we had used it for a number of reasons. But it was always a way to cover the screen while we did something else. Like we had mm-hmm. used it to like move before. Uh, we did it at the end. We just used it to give people a chance to get their questions in the chat. But when we were reevaluating Game Face and kind of looking at what stuff makes sense and what doesn't, The trailer of the week didn't make a lot of sense. But look, if you guys like it and it's something that you think you will miss in the show, we will consider bringing it back. But we're going to do this episode without it so you guys have an idea whether you're going to actually miss it or not. So we're going straight into Q&A here on Twitch. I'm assuming you guys have some questions about all the Sifted 2.0 stuff and the relaunch. Um, See, people are like, no trailer of the week, no questions. Yes, we're taking questions. Um, just no trailer of the week. Um, Justin Horman, RE sweater controllers. What is a small feature for a platform that went unnoticed or unused by many that you loved? Um, Mr. Satterfield mentioned the picture in picture for Xbox One in the past. Is there anything else like that? Um, and I still do miss that, by the way. Being able to play a game while I'm watching a football game on my same TV, mm. I enjoyed that. Or a hockey game or whatever. I don't know. I don't know if I can think of any. I mean, I guess I, I guess no. Turbo on buttons was pretty mainstream. That was also third party stuff too. Does yeah. that count in his question? I don't know. Oh my god! Sound Uh-oh. wizards back. Uh, Sound wizards back, giving out the subs again. Wow! Hype train incoming. Here we go again. <laughs> Thank you, man. Sound wizard, you the man. Uh, you'll have a limited time to earn exclusive emotes. Okay. Um, I can't really think of anything. We're on level four. I mean, that was big. Um, what about the GBA connectivity only with use the that, GameCube? I only used that like twice. Yeah. I mean, I liked, I liked it. Versus, but Yeah, and there was uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles yeah. that used it a little bit. Yeah, well, just one person had to carry a bucket. Like, I remember. Yeah. yeah. That wasn't a great game. No. And, I mean, Coming to Switch, though. Yeah, it is. I mean, it wasn't a great game. It also wasn't a... Uh, it wasn't really a great idea, to be honest no. with you, for that game. But it worked great for Pac-Man Versus. So. Pac-Man Versus is really cool. Um, and that kind of almost made it worth it. Um, I guess I like the thing where, like, that Sony has with the where you can connect your phone up. It's like a group thing, like the Jackbox does it. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Was it the Until Dawn thing? People uh, Hidden Agenda did it. Yep. Um, I like that. Um like the, the, I've I've been to some parties where like people we like someone fired up the Jackbox thing and everybody could just jump in and do it and it works really really well and I don't feel like it's a particularly wide widely known thing certainly not among like core core gamers but like uh, it's a cool tech and it's super easy and everyone gets everyone can do it and everyone has their phone and it, I've never had a real problem with it and uh, it's drop in drop out it's great. What about that doohickey that? Sony just released for the DualShock 4 that snaps onto the back, and I think it gives it, like, paddles. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. They just re- released some, like, little peripheral thing, but I haven't had a chance to use it. I don't it. use I just, I just like wondered if usually. you did. I'm, I'm too old for that. <laughs> I don't even use them on the on the Xbox Elite. I just took them off. Oh, you off. don't? Interesting. Yeah. 
Because that's generally what sets those controllers apart. Well, for me, it's the feel. Like, yeah, I don't care about being able to press buttons like that because I don't play competitive stuff. Right. Really, yeah. So. It makes a difference. Uh, let's see. I just want a high-end controller though. that I'm not going to break. Um, no countdown category for original content. I don't know. Oh, they're talking about that on the, when you when you open the original content thing on the new site. One of the ca- none of the categories say countdowns. Oh, there's a. I mean, meaning there's no landing page for, yeah, for sifted countdowns. countdowns. Yeah, there's there's a couple other things that are still missing from there. So bear with us on that one. Um, ETH Demon current PS5 rumors has it at nine teraflops to the Xbox Series X being confirmed at twelve. How do you think Des will use that extra difference? Sixty frames per second, better graphics. My preference would be sixty frames per second modes. Um, well, first off, teraflops don't really tell you anything. Yeah, they don't. Um, it's it's too vague. Uh, second, if there is a power differential, they will probably use it to make the graphics better because that's what sells. Yeah, I mean, if you remember with that poll that uh, Games Industry did, I think it was two weeks ago on Game Face, we talked about it, mm-hmm. where the most important thing to gamers still better graphics. Of course, and. Frame rate ties into that a little bit, but I think most people associate frame rates with gameplay more than graphics. Yeah. I think the average person, when you say video game graphics, they're like, what am I seeing? Mm-hmm. What does a picture look like? Um, and I think you're right. I think that that's going to be continue to be the number one priority. Um, what would we prefer that they focus on? I mean, I don't care that much about 60 frames a second. I care about a steady frame rate. Like if yeah. something's 30, but it's a solid 30... Fine yeah, I have that. no problem with that. I I, I do like. I don't like frame 60. rate drops. I don't care what frame rate it runs at. Yeah, as long as it stays consistent. Yeah, as long as it's thirty. Solid thirty, solid sixty. Pick yeah. one. Yep. And give you give me an option. I will probably usually go for sixty, but like I'd rather it be steady than high if if I have to choose. Um, minority games. What do you think of Assassin's Creed Syndicate? Should I give it a play? I assume that's because that's a free game yep. this week. <laughs> Um, I really like Syndicate. Yeah, uh, I think it's, it's better one, than you think it's going to be. Yeah, I think it's one of the better uh, pre-origins uh, Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, it kind of got a raw deal, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I like Eevee a lot. Jacob's good. The the Jack the Ripper DLC is good. Um, uh oh, we're on the final level a, of the hype train. There's a lot to there's a lot to recommend about it. And I mean, obviously, you don't get that DLC with the free Epic game. Give it was that Epic game Epic game store giving that away? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like, I mean. Just pr- try it. You might like it. Yeah, like it's it's fun. It's 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 not a. It's interesting. You get the grappling hooks. Cool. Like it's it's got a little difference to it. I think it has a different tone. Yeah, I think it definitely does. Yep. Um. So yeah, definitely give it a go. It's worth it. Um. Mike's Q will spoiled. It's not spoilt. It's spoiled. Have a rotating cast, or will it only be Matter Mitch? Well, I was in the first two episodes, so. Mm. <laughs> There's already three options. Um, I would say this though. Um, I want Matt to be in that on that show as much as possible because mm-hmm. I'll just be honest with you. He knows film and TV better than I do. That's just the honest truth. Um, when we recorded these, he was indisposed. He couldn't be a part of the of the shows. Um, but we're going to get him involved in a lot of other stuff. So Matt's typically here for a set amount of time every Tuesday. And so since Game Face isn't going to be as long as it has in the past, we're going to get Matt to do some other stuff with us, like Spoiled and some more culturally-based stuff. So, again, we're going to be able to maximize Matt's strengths with our new content plan, another reason why we're doing it. Uh-oh. Hype train! Hype train! We just got the level four hype train. Going to share it. All the emojis or whatever the hell they're called. <laughs> level five completed. Thank you, guys. Freaking awesome. Wow. Hmm. That's great. This is... 
don't you think it's bizarre that we didn't do it? We didn't do it last week. We had Brandon Jones on the show, hmm. and we barely got even started on level two. Yeah, that's what happens when I don't show exactly, up. Exactly, man. You are the hype master. <laughs> it's crazy. Which you... is ironic because my heart rate doesn't go up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sound Wizard, man. This is People... th- three out of the last four weeks he's done this. Some of the friends I went to Disneyland with were making fun of me because I don't scream on roller coasters. <laughs> I just sort of I laugh. I think it's fun, but I don't, I don't like yell. Do that. I don't yell or anything. And they're just like, what is wrong? I'm like, you ever see the X-Files movie? And I'm just like, is that thing where like Mulder's like, she's like, you were panicking. He's like, you've never seen me panic. When I panic, I make this face. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, so you're always, she's like, so you do scream on roller coaster. I'm like, yeah, it's my secret cap. I'm always screaming. <laughs> um, <laughs> screaming into the void internally. Yeah. Sound Wizard, thanks again, man. This is so awesome. This is literally three of the last four weeks he's done this. He's just rolled in mm-hmm. and just handed out subs like they're candy. Thank you, man. That's great. Um, Dan Boy 90 now that you're doing uh, culture content, we'd be doing sports coverage type of shows. Oh, interesting. Mm. Care- Pro- probably careful not. what you wish for. Yeah, probably not. I-, I would love to, honestly. I would love to do a sports podcast like once a week. That's even if it's just like 30 minutes or whatever. Um, but it's just not in the wheelhouse. It's too mm. far outside of what we're doing already. Um, that's sifted like 5.0, <laughs> honestly. When we have added more channels to the site, uh, and there's, and it, obviously the next channel will be entertainment, and that's why we're kind of already starting to kind of propagate this type of content on the site. Uh, let's just be honest, gamers also love television and film. You know, we're almost just as much into that stuff as we are games. So it's in the wheelhouse already. It makes sense. I think you've already seen pretty much every other gaming publication kind of stray into that stuff. So mm-hmm. it's kind of an accepted thing at this point. Uh, so yeah, I think that's uh, that's the direction we're yeah, headed. Yeah, it's kind of an assumption that if you deal deal with games, you're going to cover the geek, the so-called geek space yeah. one way or the other. Yep. And look, we're not going to like cover like Little Women and stuff like that. We'll try to. Although make... I could, <laughs> I'm sure you could. Don't tempt me. <laughs> we're going to try. That movie's great. <laughs> it, it is great, but we're going to obviously cover stuff that we think that you're going to be interested in. I think we have a pretty like right now. Castlevania on Netflix is getting ready to launch. We're definitely mm-hmm. going to do a spoiler for that. Um, a so- the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Have you seen it? I haven't. Well, Mitch is waiting to do an episode of Spoil with you on that. So try mm-hmm. to watch it this week if you got some time. Uh, anyway, that's kind of what that's we're thinking. That's an ask. <laughs> it's, apparently it's not, not terrible. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. Johnny Hurricane dropping science like Galileo dropped the orange. Nobody ever gets that. Do you get that? No. Yeah, it's a Beastie Boys little lyric. Uh, when did he drop an orange? <laughs> he didn't. That's the comedy part of it. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Um, Johnny Hurricane. Which game are you looking forward to most in March? My guess is not Neo 2 for Shane. You guess right, Johnny Hurricane. Hey. <laughs> I mean, it's tough, though. I mean, I don't know. Doom Eternal? I mean, Doom Eternal is probably the top of my list. It's, uh, to Neo me, 2 is on my list. I mean, I do want to play that. I don't know how far I'll get because, God, that that demo thing they did a while ago brutal. just kicked my ass. It's hard. It was. Yeah, maybe they've toned it down. Uh, for me, if I could only play one game, man, it's tough for me between Animal Crossing and Doom. What else is coming out next month? I mean, those are the, the those big are two, ones. Those are the big ones? Yeah. And Ori and the Will of the Wisp is coming. Oh, yeah. That's that's, that's up there on my... There's yeah. a few. There's like a handful of... I'm not used to even games. bothering looking at the schedule at this point. I know. nothing's been it's coming. It's coming, Matt. We're going to have real shows again. Video games are back. <laughs> Look at excited. that. I'll be able to play and talk about games again. Awesome. I've gotten so used to not playing things. I know. Like, it's crazy. 
it's like I got like an outside the house life. I'm gonna have to like readjust. I brought in my switch for a shoot. Actually, I tried to do something really cool for the open of Sifted HQ. It didn't quite work out, but I'll try to do it again for maybe a future episode. But anyway, mm-hmm. I had brought my switch in for a prop for the shoot, and. Uh, I realized when I went to grab it that that thing had not been out of its cradle since Luigi's Mansion 3. Hmm. It has been sitting there for like three months in its cradle. So, yeah, bring on the games, people. We are ready. Uh, Let's see. Any chance, this is from SJD Swanland, any chance of getting a change to the blog format so we can have one continuous page for a blog where I can keep adding posts to the same page? Well, you can. You can just keep editing that same blog. And you just go back and just keep adding to it instead of starting a new blog. Yeah. Um, Congrim1, will any of you three be playing the Neo 2 revamped beta this Friday? I will not. What about you, Matt? No. What about you, Mitch? Uh, I'm down for that. Do you you like Neo? Uh, I will. I love Bloodborne, but I will say Neo 1 was so hard. It was hard. I could not finish it. But I do like the new elements they're adding to it, so I will definitely give it a play. Okay. There you go. So that's uh, one out of three. <laughs> <laughs> Better than zero out of three, I guess. Uh, let's see. Hail to Starscream. Oh, Matt, I don't know if you like this guy. What are your guesses on what the PlayStation 5 launch, li- launch lineup blah, will be? Any surprises? I mean, they're all surprises at this point, except for Godfall. Yeah. I mean, we don't know anything. Nope. So everything's going to be a surprise. I mean, I think it's going to be Horizon Zero Dawn 2. I think that's going to be the that big... W- that would be nice. I think that's going to be the big anchor. It seems to be lining up that way. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Insomniac has something ready for launch. I don't know if yeah. it'll be Spider-Man or if it'll be... It won't be Spider-Man. Or if it'll be ra- a new Ratchet or whatever. But I, I think f- it'll have something... I feel like it might something... be something new. I feel like Insomniac might... Insomniac might have something new, maybe smaller scale. Hasn't always worked out great for them. But... Not always, but... <laughs> But Fuse, I think, was a fluke. Yeah. And then you have, I mean, a collection of indies. And it, there, I don't think there's any way it could be as bad, provided they do backwards com- compatibility and stuff. I don't think there's any way it could be as bad as PlayStation 4, where you literally had nothing to play after, yeah. like, you played through a couple games. Um, because of the way the systems work now, I think early adopters will not get burned anymore. You're always going to have content to consume on mm-hmm. the platforms. Uh, let's see, Ptor91. Ptor, by the way, I just want to say, I've said it once before, but it was a long time ago. He is our king on social media. He, if I had, like, a badge I could give to somebody, or if I could virtually high-five somebody, there you go, Ptor, (laughs) virtual high-five, it's him. He retweets everything, he likes and shares everything on Facebook. That is our key to victory, folks. Liking stuff doesn't really do anything. Sharing it is what makes a big difference, and he does it for, like, everything. So thank you, Ptor. Um, now let's answer his question, if I can get back to it. Where did it go? It's up top. His name is blending in for me for some reason. It's like the third. It's, now it's at the bottom. Why am I not in the middle. S- why am I not seeing his name? Oh, there it is. It's in green. I uh, love all the updates, and the shorter game face makes sense. Looking forward to the deep dives. The one thing I wonder is, would you consider doing video evals again? I'd say they would create far more traffic to the site. Uh, I have considered doing video evals over and over and over again. And I can tell you that they are the most time-intensive piece of content that we could create for mm-hmm. us to do them correctly. Um, look... I could sit there and blather on while we run B-roll, which is what we do on Game Face, and what we do is what we're going to do in our deep dives. Um, 
some of what are the concepts for deep dives? And we haven't completely locked down exactly how it's going to happen because we have a, a week or two buffer here before the games start rolling in. Um, is to structure the conversations of our deep dives as if they were an eval to make sure that we address every one of those topics. And while we wouldn't give a number or a, a grade for each one of them, we maybe still embed them at the top of our text evals to provide more context. So I would love to be able to do video evals. I've been doing them literally since like 1999. Um, but they're really expensive, really time consuming. Um, and they're just, they're, they're not the lowest hanging fruit. They're the fruit at the top of the tree. Uh, and we honestly just need more revenue to be able to do them. That's just the truth. We need more manpower. One thing I have learned over the last couple of weeks is that we just need more manpower. Mitch has been here helping us, and he has been a godsend. But we need, like, eight more of him. Like, we just do. It's crazy that what I'm doing by myself. It's really mm-hmm. insane when you think about it, Matt. Yeah. What I have done by myself. Yeah. Well, especially coming off of these short films where, like, we had 60 people on set at one, one point. Yeah. Like, I mean, that part, half of those I don't extras. think people realize it until Mitch got here. But, like, you need to get stuff like that done. A lot, you have yeah. a lot of sub- product, like, content like this done. You generally have people handling individual yeah. elements, like, so you don't have to, you know, so nobody else has to worry about sound and nobody else has yeah. to worry about camera. Nobody else has to worry about focus. Nobody else, it's, it's like that's normally how things are done and how that workload, like, works itself out. And even that is intensive. So, yeah. like, having to do it all yourself is even. Crazier, And I'm not completely by myself. I do want to say, you know, this is episode 200, so this is a good time to reflect and appreciate people that have helped. That's why I mentioned Pitor, because he's literally been like the social media superstar for us. But I also want to thank Vincent uh, Porchart. He he is our curation superstar. We have almost 90,000 pieces of hand-curated content, people. This isn't some machine where we just suck in things and we just spit them out automatically. Every single piece of content that goes on Sifted is looked at by a human, consumed by a human, and then that human decides whether it is added into our machine and then it's tagged and it's rated. This isn't some automated thing that happens. That's the difference with Sifted is there's a human looking at everything. That's why there's no trash on our website. And Vincent is the key to that. Um, So thank you, Vincent. You are a rock star. Um, and you are amazing. Mike's Q, who is in the chat, he has been doing voiceover work for us, so I don't have to voice everything anymore. There are people helping, but I need people that can be here to help with stuff hmm. like Mitch is right now. Like having Mitch here has been a huge boon uh, for us and for me personally because I don't have to do everything anymore. Um, Tomb Raiders 11, with Mitch now part of the Sifted family. First of all, all you guys are a part of the Sifted family. Like, I feel like I know all you guys. Um, So, yeah, it's not just Mitch because he's here. You guys are all a part of the Sifted crew. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much has an extra hand on deck lessened your own work? (laughs) There you go. answer your own question. (laughs) That's interesting. Uh, I didn't even read it, and I answered it. Do you foresee your day uh, living after things calm down, improving because of the great Mitch? I hope so. Um, I mean, things are already improving because Mitch is here. We just launched... Two new shows. Imagine if you gave me, like, five people what we could do here. Uh, it frustrates me that people can't see, can't look at what I've done in the past with a team of people, can't see what I've been doing with nothing, and aren't like, give that dude some freaking money and hmm. see what he can do. Like, it's very frustrating. And, and I can attest for firsthand. I mean, 
you do not see as much behind the scenes. There is so much that's happening. There's so much that I don't know yet that I still have to learn. There's so much like getting this episode today was just it was a nightmare because there's so many moving parts. There's things Shane has to get to me that I have to get to him that I have to set up that he has to set up. There is so much going behind the scenes that people just don't notice. And on top of that, once I got here, I finally got to see the admin for curation. And there is so many categories that we take that and break it down that that's a lot of time. And so, yeah, giving eight people here would oh my God. produce We take over the world. Stuff. <laughs> we it would, would take over the world, just and like we almost did at GT. Exactly. When I had six people. So anyway... <laughs> 200, time to reflect. Let's keep reflecting. Let's see what other questions we got. Um, I viz. My second Twitch stream with you guys after last week. I might do it more often since it's not that late in London, UK. Thanks for the shout-out last week. Today I was prepared for a very long stream, just like with Invisible Walls <laughs> 200, when I stayed up until 3 a.m. and went to whatever. Question is, do you see another big thing for next-gen on the horizon, just like Battle Royale games have exploded in the last year, what will be another PUBG and Fortnite? We actually get this question a lot. But mm-hmm. Iviz, thank you for joining us, man. Glad to hear, see that you came back. We've got this question a bunch of times. Yeah. And what we the always answer, say is... If, if we knew, we wouldn't be here. We would be making them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows. Like, yeah. Whatever it will be, will be. Thanks for all these bits, guys. Swanlin, Kadaz. I love how Pactor says Kadaz's name. Kadaz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Abram, what do you think the next Platinum Games announcement will be? I don't know, but I bet you'll kick things in it. Yeah. You'll I mean, hit things with a sword. Or you'll... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there might be a chain involved or something. You will dodge to one side and time will slow down. Well, you saw, like, the story, right? They just revealed, like, a number four or something. Oh. Yeah. But that's all it is. Well, I don't know what it Bayonetta 3 is not even done yet. Come on. What'd you say? Bayonetta 3 is not even done yet. Uh, it's four announcements of four, oh, four announcements. pieces oh. of content that they're releasing. That's so a lot. my guess is... We're actually going to finally get like Bayonetta, th- Bayonetta three is finally going to get some loving because it's been gone. It's for been so a while, long. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's feels one. like feels like this year would be the the year that Bayonetta three would be out. Seems like it. It's been in development for a long time. And I would imagine we'll we'll see the announcement of the near sequel. I love seeing all the choo choo avatars, <laughs> and there's my my all time favorite the the dinosaur on roller skates or on a skateboard. Uh, let's see. Do we have any more? Minority Games. Thanks for the bits, bro. That's freaking awesome. Um, Gohan Rage. I wish you could use a dark background for your Twitch chat. <laughs> uh, Super Cordon Blue. XFL for life. Cover the LA Wildcats, Shane. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've tried to watch XFL. I can't do it. I've been so busy, too, that I like will walk through the living room and see like two plays and then keep going. It doesn't look terrible. It definitely is a cut below the NFL by a pretty significant margin, though. I agree 100%. I'm a it's big like an asylum film version. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of a good way to put it. Uh, compliments on the site from some people. Are we going to watch Transformers? No, we're going to watch Transpomorphicagizers. I'm Check sur- it out. I'm so actually surprised there isn't more feedback about the site or the new shows. I mean, maybe some of you guys haven't watched it. They haven't shows. really used it yet. Yeah. No. Well, they all said it in the intro when they got to see it the first time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because the show didn't start when it was supposed to. The whole idea was the show was going to start at 1.00. And then all that content was scheduled to go live on Sifted and on our Patreon at 1.05. And then we got delayed and it all got screwed up. So whatever. It's still fun. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, when's the first deep dive? That depends on when we the next game. That I mean, what is the next big game that comes out? Is it Doom? No, that's not till like the seventeenth. That's I think. the twentieth. Yeah, Do- Doom and Animal Crossing are the same day, which is odd. Um, which is just for... it might be a couple weeks still, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Ori. 10th. The 10th? Yeah, that might be the first I one, although I don't know if that's going to bolster a deep dive. I mean, it, deep dives, if they're more than 15 minutes, they're going to qualify. Mm-hmm. So they're not all going to be like an hour long. Um, but we're just – if we give one game 15 minutes in game phase, that's a quarter of the time for the show. So mm-hmm. that's about the max we're going to give like the biggest games going forward, and then anything beyond that will be broken out into deep dives. Um, Okay. All right, I think that's it. All right, that's it for episode 200 of Game Face. Holy crap, we made it to 200, man. That's a lot. Remember episode one still? Vaguely. Vaguely. Marcus grumbling, Marcus coming on angry in. about things. Something, taking a train or some crap. Me still not understanding why the B-roll keeps going to black after <laughs> the opening is used. Yeah, for those you, you have w- to unselect the open. Yeah. Or it doesn't work. Yep. Uh, for those of you who may not know, maybe you've just started checking us out lately. Matt was our original TriCaster TD. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus Beer was the original host of Game Face. He lasted all of about 10 episodes, uh, then mysteriously disappeared the day before E3. Yep. And the then day of I, E3. The day of morning of E3, our first ever E3 is sifted. I'll never forget that. And then Daniel Kaiser bailed us out. I got him mm-hmm. on Skype, and he handled like all that day's broadcast with me. Um, and then you became the TriCaster after you were the TriCaster TD, you mm-hmm. took over as permanent co-host, and it's been nothing but awesome ever since. Um, it's been a long road. Um, without everybody on the stream, without all the people on Sifted, without the people helping us out with Twitch Prime, we never would have made it here. And without a lot of hard work, too. Not just from me, uh, from people like Vincent, from people like Mitch, Matt, anyone who has helped us out along the way with any little thing. People who help us with graphics. Um, there have just been people that have just pitched in here and there all along the road, and none of this would have happened if they had not done that. So I just want to say thanks to everyone who has ever done anything to help us, even if you've just liked a video on YouTube. Speaking of which, like this video on YouTube, please. Hmm. Ring that stupid-ass bell. Like, I, I hate saying this crap because I just assume our audience is smart enough, and if they want to support us, they're just going to do it. But if you look at the data, if you say it, people do it. So ring that damn bell, subscribe, do all that other crap so you know when our show is coming out. If you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, you can help us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash sifted. Um, if you're a fan of Pactor Factor, you can subscribe on Twitch Prime and you can get Pactor Factor a week early. That is not happening with any of our other content before any of you guys ask. That is just for Pactor Factor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, it's been a crazy ride. I mean, we're coming up on the five-year anniversary of Sifted as well. So mm-hmm. just lots of big milestones. Is that uh, April? No. April, I mean, our, our beta started in May, mm-hmm. and then we launched Sifted on June 5th, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, start, well, we started Game Face like the end of April. Yeah, because we started Game Face. Be- right. Yeah, we started Game Face before the site right. because we wanted to use it as promotion for the site. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to be working until <laughs> – you know how that is. Um, but anyway, look, I want to thank Marcus, too. You know, if Marcus wasn't here for the first handful of episodes, who knows if anyone would have watched our first stream. Like, it's mm-hmm. it all matters. It, the stuff that Marcus did in the beginning, it matters. Like, it, it's a little weird how things ended with him, but still, he did try to help us, and he did help us out a little bit. So to anyone and everyone who's ever done anything for us, 
My serious thank you. I don't know how more I can, how much more I can say it. Um, I can't believe I started a business that has now lasted for five years. Better than like ninety seven percent of people who start businesses. Well, ninety seven percent don't make it the first year. Yep. So now we're in like the infantile percentile. Mm-hmm. Now if we could start making some freaking money, it'd be in- great. Infinitesimal, <laughs> infinitesimal, infantile is a different. Thing. No, you're right. Yeah, I d- I totally butchered that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying we aren't infantile. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. All right, that's it Dick for Game Pound, Face 200. Thanks to everybody who stuck around early when the show didn't go off the way it was supposed to. Next week, the show's going to be different. Um, we actually brought stuff for this episode as a contingency plan, like our old graphics but with a new color scheme. Uh, that was all just in case the new plan didn't work, and it mm-hmm. didn't. So I'm glad that I had built in the contingencies and we were able to do this for you guys. Very happy I was able to demo Sifted 2.0, the brand-new site, and show off the new content. Give us feedback, people. That's the only way we can make the site better. Don't be a douchebag about it. Just be like, hey, this is something that maybe you could change. And we'll take all, all of it into consideration as we're continuing to build and improve sifted.net. So you can find Matt at mkyle on Twitter. I'm at dinfire on Twitter. Follow me if you dare. You can find Mitch at, is that msecor, Mitch? Mitch Secor. Mitch Secor. And that's M-I-T-C-H-S-I-K-O-R. Give him a follow. He's, uh, he's new to this thing, and he could definitely use it. So we'll be back next Tuesday, same time as usual, hopefully with a brand-new Game Face. We'll see how it goes. Have yourselves a great day. Game Face is up and out.